0: From the basement of Ann Arbor, Michigan. It's the Siggy Llama Show, starring Sigmund Lamar. In this, the exciting and current episode, Noob School Number 2, starring star of stage and screen, Stephanie DeBruzzo. A teaser for Siggy's new podcast. And trigger warning, we discuss the real world. And now... Back on his feet, thanks to that new timber skill, Sigmund Lamar! Welcome back, everybody. Welcome me back. It's been a while. It has been a while. I have been lying dormant, uh, but incredibly, people come along, presumably people who've discovered the game of Blood Bowl, this wonderful game we love, through the new box release, and have been looking for podcasts and find my Facebook page and like it. So I'm still getting new new people liking and following my Facebook page. And I'm like, oh, I get an alert on my phone. I'm like, oh, yeah, I used to do a podcast. It's like you poked me and you woke me up. So now here I am. And so thanks to everyone who's been checking out the podcast. At least that's what the forensic evidence indicates. And uh, liking the Facebook page and, and stuff like that. So hopefully I will give you something here worth your time and attention. Worth the time and attention. So, so, what's been going on? Let's see. Um, hmm, anything interesting or unusual happening in the world lately? Um, you know, used to hear people say a lot between November 8th and January 20th, let's give him a chance. Let's give the new president a chance. I'm hearing that less and less these days. And I really don't understand it. Why, why should we stop giving him a chance? Just because he's been president and we see what he does now? I mean, I haven't changed my mind. I'm still giving him a chance. In fact, as far as I'm concerned, Every day is like a new turn of blood bowl. You might have been put yourself in a hole, but every turn is a new opportunity, a new opportunity. You might roll a bunch of hard sixes, and you might dodge through those five tackle zones and pick up that ball in five more tackle zones, complete that long bomb, catch it in a, in a disturbing presence zone, and make those two go for it. It could happen. Every turn is a new possibility. That's why you don't give up in a game of Blood Bowl. The harder the situation is, the more desperate you got to act. The more you have to act like you don't know how to play the game, as a matter of fact. So I still think, I'm, I'm still giving him a chance. In fact, every day, I think, is a fresh start. Every day, I... Regard the president the way I would regard uh, a newborn baby. A newborn, fresh, red-faced and crying, babbling incoherently, little hands waving in the air, getting pee in the bed. Little innocent child. Oh, babies are so dumb. (laughs) So, I'm joined here in the basement of Ann Arbor, Michigan by Junior Lama Icamabod. Want to say good morning, Icamabod?
1: Blah, 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 blah.
0: Oh, boy. I bet there's a deportation force headed for you right now. Optimism, optimism. I choose to focus on the best 17 minutes of the Trump presidency which was the first 17 minutes of the Trump presidency. When all he was doing was talking. And what a speech, what a speech it was. I think it has already gone down in history for the till the end of time as the greatest, sorry, this is how we talk now, the very, very greatest inauguration speech of all time. We all talk like children now here in, in the States. The very, very greatest of all time inauguration speech in which he made some pretty amazing uh, promises, such as uh, an education system flush with cash. Well, no, this isn't a promise. This was a critique. I'm reading my notes. An education system flush with cash, this is what he said we have, but deprives children of all knowledge. Did you know, Iqamabad, that you don't have any knowledge? See? He's gone feral. It's true. Oh my goodness, and here's Ichabod. Carrying a broom. What, are they putting you to work, boy? Is is it your shift down at the mill? Rise and shine. We're also going to unlock the mysteries of space. That's something... That's something our president said. That was... I always love to be surprised. I love, uh, I love when just someone rolls out a surprise space program that they had never mentioned before. Oh, by the way, I built this spaceship for you. That's great. Uh, he said, whether we are black or brown or white, we all bleed the same red blood of patriots. And I sincerely hope he's not determined to demonstrate that fact and he also promised the return of our dreams and it does so happen that i had awoken that very morning from a dream where i had um foolishly and inexplicably cutting, cutten see we're talking like this we cut my own fingers off of my hand several of them it was like it's kinda of one of those things in a dream dream logic where you think it's a good idea, you think it's gonna help. This I'm I'm totally being serious here. I like had scissors or a knife, I forget what it was. And I totally thought, like, well, I gotta cut this finger off. And I cut that one off, and then I cut the next one off. And then I realized I'm never getting those fingers back. Like I've messed up my hand forever and I'm bleeding everywhere. And yeah, this is really bad. And then I woke up and nothing Nothing like that was occurring in the real world at all. So um, so I'm really hoping that that's the one promise that, uh, that our president made in his inauguration speech and will not keep is the return of our dreams. But speaking of Noobs, we have a Noob school segment, Noob school number two, featuring and I have promised you. I've promised you in the past, I don't know if you remember. And I don't just mean the opening announcement to this episode. I mean previous episodes. The most famous guest ever to appear on a Blood Bowl podcast, the one and only stage of star and screen, Stephanie DeBruzzo. Stephanie DeBruzzo, star of Avenue Q, the Tony Award winning musical. It's a big deal. And Stephanie was nominated for Best Actress. Like, that's one of the top four awards in any any kind of award show. Even the Grammys. If you can get nominated for Best Actress in the Grammys, you've really accomplished something. But Tony's is really good, too. She lost to... Uh, she was up against... They were up against Wicked. Everyone thought Wicked was going to win uh, Best Play, uh, Best Show, Best Musical that year. Um, Avenue Q was the dark horse, but... Uh, uh, Stephanie Lost to to, uh, whats Your face Uh, Let It Go, singer, Uh, for Best Actress. But hey, what an accomplishment. What a generator of fame, which is all I technically need to satisfy my claim to you. So no complaints. Stephanie's also a star of... She's on Sesame Street, for crying out loud. Um, And I forget to mention it later in the interview, but... She was on that musical episode of Scrubs. If you're a fan of Scrubs, she was the patient who was uh, the... Her medical condition was the reason for the genre switch of that particular episode of Scrubs. Very memorable, very memorable performance in a most memorable episode. So I hope you will enjoy this uh, interview. I promise... We do talk about Blood Bowl. It takes us a little while to get there, but I think the entire interview is extremely fascinating. And uh, and she's a very charming person. I think you're going to like her. So please listen. Um, It is long, but you have my permission to ration it out. I'm not doing a lot of Siggy Llama shows these days, so pace yourself. It's fine. Spread it out over the next six months. This was recorded way back in August of 2015, so it's not exactly the most timely information. Although, uh, listening to it again, there are things in there that seem somehow more relevant now than they did then. I'm finding that happens a lot lately. Anyway, enjoy. Here's another noob school. But first,
2: this... (laughs)
0: heard it right <laughs> you've heard i said it wrong you've heard it right this is noob school noob school number two with our guest stephanie de say hello steph
1: hello everyone
0: joining us from
1: Gotham, new york city
0: from the big that big that big one over there um,
1: manhattan town
0: I'm, I'm once again i want to point out for our listeners i'm once again setting blood bowl podcast history by having the most famous guest ever to appear on a Blood Bowl podcast.
1: you Stephanie bar is pretty. Your bar's pretty low, the isn't it? The bar is... It really low. The
0: bar is at you. So at however low. you however you want to gauge that.
1: You could do... Wow. I'm... Wow.
0: So in case uh, many of our listeners... Now I feel bad for all your
1: other guests.
0: <laughs> in case many of my listeners might not follow the theater... Um, unless some other, unless like, uh, Tom Anders has been nominated for a Tony award and been a former, oh gosh, I said former, has been a, has been, had experience as a Broadway star.
1: It is former. That was almost 10 years ago since I've been in a Broadway show. It gets technically former now.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. I just didn't want to, I'm glad you feel that way. Oh, sure. <laughs> 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 so so you were I'm, nominated for a Tony. You originated the, the part of Kate Monster on mm-hmm. Avenue Q, mm-hmm. the that musical uh the Sesame Street for Gen X, people who like to see puppets have sex, uh and curse. And uh there was some drug use in there, right?
1: I don't think anybody did drugs. No, no. that's too bad. well I mean I think well no, not overtly. Okay. Come to think it now I can't believe I have to think about it. There's probably some reference to Brian getting high, but it's like no one was, no one was a junkie.
0: There's masturbation. Well, sure. But that's implied too.
1: I think that's implied in every show ever. They just don't say it.
0: It's (laughs) It's implied just in theater people.
1: No, nothing's, no, I I didn't mean to say that. I just, you know, I was just, yeah, that was a stupid thing to say. I don't know. It just, it's like, what I don't know. Nowadays, it just seems like that seems pretty tame, a topic, to wind up in any piece of entertainment. Sure. So I suppose I was trying to say, well, it's everywhere. And oh, I see you're saying right.
0: that that um, that the level of discourse on Broadway is so low; it's so pandering.
1: No. <laughs> that they're no, even masturbating
0: that... on stage. That's no, what you were I'm saying. just
1: saying that everything wants to be edgy. You know, in entertainment, not just theater, but just inter- entertainment in general. Well, not Everyone the Siggy Lama show.
0: Engine. Not the Siggy Lama show. We are highbrow around here.
1: But you were the one who said the word masturbation before. I did. Masturbation is a clinical term. Ex- well, exactly. But you're the one bringing it up. So just, you, j- I'm just saying. It's, I didn't know, bring it
0: to I, ha- t- I have an academic interest. Ah. Sure. So For medicinal um, purposes. I feel like we've gotten off topic um, so masturbation in Avenue Q there was none on the stage depicted. okay, we got it so uh, oh
1: there I was on stage depicted.
0: did you? Wait. Well
1: yeah there was a if you saw the show in the song you uh, loud as the hell you want for about two seconds you see a silhouette of Trekkie in his window. Oh yeah right Yes Yes, that's a fun yeah. moment for for all involved. Maybe it's not as shocking anymore I'm, as once was.
0: I, I'm really. I didn't mean. I didn't think we were going to get into a really in-depth uh, analysis of current trends in in theater. But
1: I wouldn't know. I I'm, haven't seen much these days. I so. might have
0: to to put a new keyword on this uh, podcast when I post it. Like oh, this. Please. This is like some really heavy critical analysis we're getting into. This is great. No, please, this please is great.
1: don't. Cause then you you'll probably I don't know it's it's like searching for something that seems innocuous until you realize oh
0: yes did you just realize something that was like it sounded like no an epiphany I, was that having. was
1: good acting that was acting on oh, my okay. part oh okay
0: wow. you know, oh wow I'm telling God. a
1: story about exactly you totally had me I why am I unemployed you I, really I should have fooled you you really should
0: have won that Tony. Who beat you? Who beat you for the Tony?
1: Who beat me for the Tony? Yeah. Adina Menzel. She's had a fine time since then, hasn't she? Have you ever, you know, in your what if moments? Yeah.
0: Like Adina went on to do the.
1: um, Yeah, she did. uh, it. She's done everything. The Let It Go,
0: the Let It Go song. Written by.
1: she sang on the Oscars, yeah, written, written by, by Bob Bobby Houston.
0: Lopez, who wrote, mm-hmm. who wrote the he, he wrote the, the Avenue Q songs, yeah, too, right? and,
1: and his wife Kristen Anderson Lopez, who they got engaged uh, Avenue Q's opening night. I've known Kristen a very long time. So in your
0: in your what if moments, like uh-huh. what if
1: uh-huh.
0: I'd got that Tony, like in no, those in those I, when you when you indulge yourself late at night. And I don't thinking, think
1: they would have asked me to sing Let It Go, no. Well but so <laughs> I think they still would have asked Tadina Menzel to sing Let It Go.
0: What would what would Travolta have called you?
1: Oh, see that that's the thing is I would never have expected him to get my name right because nobody does. So I, you know, it would not have been I don't think it would have been a big deal for America either, because um nobody <laughs> Can
0: I can I tell you <laughs> no, my guess?
1: What would what well, my would
0: theory he would have called you Adele dezim
1: oh because that's just his go-to for everything it's just
0: well and Dazeem is closer to debruzzo than it is to whatever her name is I think he see I don't uh, even remember her name that's how famous she is
1: you you just remember Adele Dazeem. you don't remember I Adina. Remember. Well, i had to
0: I had to look it up I had to google it
1: <laughs> that's impressive um uh i just i would assume that he would have just stopped that it just would have been too much. It just <laughs> but, 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 but let's, <laughs> too let's, many let's,
0: syllables in De Bruzzo for him, is that what you're saying?
1: I'm just saying that when you get an apostrophe involved all up in there, nobody That's yeah, true. Like, like do you do right. like
0: a glottal stop? Like when in sci fi or fantasy, when I'm reading that and people have apostrophes right. in their names, I'm like, what the hell am I, am I supposed to do with this? Like am I and supposed yet, to
1: yeah, but like, yet, pause the names- for a breath? Yeah, but yet with the name O'Brien, nobody has problems yeah. with O'Brien, O'Brien. And there's an apostrophe in there. Right, Conan O'Brien. Exactly. Nobody's saying now. Is it O'Brien? Is yeah. it O'Brien?
0: The Irish have it so easy.
1: Well, okay. they didn't always. So.
0: One more thing about Avenue That's Q, true. and then I don't, I don't ever talk about it again. Um, so your uh, so your big song, your big number in Avenue Q is Kate Monster. <laughs> oh, first of all, I gotta say. In Avenue Q, I just want to point out for anyone who's seen it, it was anyone who was lucky enough to see Steph DeBruzzo in the lead lead role. Um, you did the most difficult thing I've ever seen an actor do performance wise on stage when you were you were performing as Kate Monster, you have Kate Monster on your hand. Yeah. And uh, your whole thing is like you're emoting, you know, you can see the puppeteer on the stage. So you're doing the puppet, but when you're speaking for Kate Monster, you're emoting Kate Monster's emotions. And so you're puppeteering Kate.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Is that the word? Am I saying this the right way? Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. you're also uh, voicing Lucy T. Slut, who is puppeteered by somebody else across the stage. When they're they're both on
1: stage together. I also would puppeteer Lucy when Kate wasn't on stage. Right. Yes.
0: But in this case, you had to do both of them. Yes. Voice-wise. And they're having a fight. Yes. Where uh, they're having very different, there are very very different mo- emotional places yes. during this fight, and so, uh, so you're acting as Kate delivering the line, yes, and then you're simultaneously acting Lucy T. Slut retorting, and Kate's response to that retort, yes, simultaneously, you're yes, physically, you're physically embodying Kate's reaction,
1: yes, and I made this sure to, and I made sure to match very different emotion. Yes. Yes, and I made sure to, I, I sort of took it upon myself. I decided to create my own rule that whatever character I was holding would be what I would facially represent expression-wise on my face. See, a lot of people would say, oh, it's so great that you could match Kate's expression with your voice. But the thing is, is that in voiceover, y- you can hear a smile. Yeah, you just do that anyway, right? It's, yeah, it's re- well, it's really hard to sound happy without smiling. Yeah. It's very difficult. It's a challenge. So I couldn't do not, it. So that's not the hard part. The hard part is to smile and not smi- and not sound like you're smiling or be angry while you're smiling. Do you know or will and not sound like you're trying to talk through and be nice and polite through your anger. You know what I mean? Um and, just, wh- and just why would you <laughs> and just why would why would you do that? <laughs> I don't know, but that but it was interesting how if you would talk to people in the audience that that would be the thing that that they would say is not so much the the differing, um, you know, going against yourself with your facial expressions. They were more impressed by the fact that oh, Kate sounded happy and you looked happy. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: people are dopes.
1: Well, no, it's just these uh, are the
0: these are rubes you're talking about here. I, no,
1: I just think that people. Look- I was
0: a very perceptive.
1: Well, sure. I've seen
0: exactly one Broadway show. My first one. I was a Broadway rookie, but I, I dug deep into that performance. I just got to tell you.
1: Glad you enjoyed it.
0: All right. I got one more question about Avenue Q, and then I don't want to ever talk about it again. Okay. Your big number, your big number, your big song.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The, uh, the what is is a showstopper? No, not a showstopper. It just ends act one. A showstopper is one, a song. I'm trying to get the lingo down. So a showstopper is one where um, it gets a, it just like the audience reacts so wildly that you have to stop the show because you can't, they're, they're still clapping. That's a showstopper, sure, right? Sure, sure. It'd be like uh, the farmer and the cowboy must be friends. That's got to be a showstopper, right?
1: I guess it depends on how it's performed
0: for sure. It <laughs> also depends if whether it's in Oklahoma.
1: <laughs> exactly. Like
0: if you did it during the Sound of Music, You're, then yeah, that'd be a, it would that, stop that, the show for other reasons. That would be called a head scratcher. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, but okay, so that wasn't. It's a fine, fine line. That was the one. The uh, blackout is that called the blackout number?
1: It was just the number before intermission. <laughs> isn't, isn't there a name for
0: that? You do the song and then it the, the lights go dark. Like that's it.
1: Lo- I guess, sure.
0: Like that's the that's the thing that's still running pe- through people's heads when they go to get their popcorn and their cracker jack.
1: Sure,
0: <laughs> right? Sure. Yes. Okay.
1: Yes. Whatever. Yes.
0: So wait. So I have a um I have a conspiracy theory about this song. Yeah. Something I observed. Okay. okay can you just, can you just give me a bar of it or two? I don't know bars. Two bars. A bar. Give me Ooh. the like the opening hook.
1: There's a fine fine line okay, between good. a lover.
0: Yeah. That's it. It's a fine fine line. And so uh which is a fine fine song, by the way, and uh performance. Uh are you, do you know the Tom Waits song Time I'm off of pro- Rain Dogs?
1: I've, I've probably heard it. I've probably heard it. It's it is not time time
0: pretty- time. Yeah, time.
1: yeah, 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 yeah.
0: It is time time time. Well, That's the chorus of the thing. That's yeah. like the it's the same
1: uh, Well
0: pretty pretty similar, isn't
1: it? You just have to remember that there are 12 chromatic notes in a scale. And with all the songs in the whole wide world, you're going to get a couple of notes that overlap. But wait, this is where it gets deeper. Okay. This is where it gets
0: deeper. And I found this out when I was uh, uh, Googling you Mm -hmm. to research this, that there was a song for Avenue Q called Time. There was. That got cut.
1: Yes. It was not my favorite song. We, we, we never got, they got cut because
0: they got cut because the NAACP was getting too close. NAACP? No, that's basketball. No, what is that? That's black people. What's that?
1: What are you talking about? No, um, they did it and they did it. They ran it as an intermission video, I think in the London production. We never, we, we never, um, too much detail. We never got to performing. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It got cut. Yeah. Where did you read that? Is it on like the Wikipedia or something? There's was like a, the title
0: of the YouTube "Time" cut song from Avenue Q. Oh, you know? I didn't I listen to it. I don't.
1: Oh well, then <laughs> I, I,
0: my research went exactly as deep as the search results that came up on YouTube.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, one has nothing to do with the other. Time that version of time has very little. It, you would never confuse it for a tom Waits song
0: i just think i just think they were like oh this is gonna draw the heat to it's a fine fine line we got to cut this song people are going to start to put it together <laughs> no this is my theory this i is my can theory. definitely
1: tell you and that had like, nothing to do with it i'm sure like
0: and then if steph doesn't win that tony then whoever wins it they get to sing whatever our big hit is that's the deal that's the that's the i'm i'm working on this one i'm uh my 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 pub, my pamphlet will be forthcoming, handed out I'm, on street I'm, corners everywhere. I'm worried. Everywhere.
1: I'm worried about you a little bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm worried about. Um, I'm worried about you. So Kate Monster
0: wasn't your only. A uh, famous, very famous uh, puppet you've done. Now you're doing Prairie Dawn on Sesame Street. That's a big deal.
1: I just started performing Prairie Dawn, yes, for season 46 of Sesame Street. Prairie yes.
0: Dawn has been in, like, golden books from when I was a kid. Yeah,
1: Prairie Dawn's the best. She's, I've like, loved,
0: back loved with, Prairie. like, Guy Smiley and...
1: Oh, sure. And, oh, sure. Uh,
2: you
0: know, Grover, like, all the ones that they... Yeah.
1: She's, she's what you call a legacy character.
0: Harry Monster.
1: hmm Does
0: Harry Monster still get any time left? He used to get a lot of screen time, you know? He used well, to get to interview kids yeah. and
1: stuff. Yeah. Jerry Nelson, uh, who played Harry Monster, passed away. Uh, oh no! Yeah, three years ago, almost. Well, three years ago this month. Yeah, Jerry was such a good guy. Oh. Um, yeah, he played the Count and Harry Monster and Robin the Frog and Floyd oh. and you know Farley, or if you remember Farley on Sesame Street, and all these great. You know, he was Gobo Fraggle, uh, Pops in the Muppet Show. He when actually for his memorial. I edited together a tribute reel. I wanted to put as many of his characters into one reel as possible. And I was able to put 150 characters into 10 minutes. And it wasn't even scratching the surface of the stuff that Jerry did over his career. Um, Did you have the count counting
0: the characters?
1: Well, no, unfortunately, we did not. Uh, I was editing it sort of in a vacuum. I didn't shoot any new material. I wanted the video to just be Jerry. And in fact, I think someone bootlegged it. We did we did two memorial services. We did a private one for friends and Muppet family, as it were. We did two at the Museum of the Moving Image in Astoria, Queens. And then we did a public one for, you know, fans and people who either loved Jerry's work and didn't know him, or you know, didn't didn't work uh, with him, so I think someone bootlegged or you know, recorded it on their phone and put it on YouTube. So That's, if anyone's interested, they can find it. I'm, so- I'm not happy that they bootlegged it and put it up, but if you if any, I'm always happy to spread the joy of someone like Jerry Nelson because I think he was never really as famous as obviously as jim henson or frank oz but he had such a great impact on the show and he's one of those people who when you hear the characters that he did you're like oh that guy oh my god he played that character and that one and that one
0: you know that's a great legacy to leave you know yeah i mean i i really don't care if the name sigmund lamar is on people's <laughs> lips as long as the siggy Lama show right is famous right that's what i'm shooting for
1: Good for you, because you know fame is the only thing that's important, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, fame is a reflection of the you know of the quality of one's work.
1: That's, is it? Is it really? As a,
0: as one, as one. Are we gonna?
1: Are we gonna? Are we gonna start parsing the difference between quality and infamy?
0: Believe I just did.
1: Uh, then you're setting yourself up for disappointment, young man. Because other,
0: <laughs> other notable. Uh, Puppet work, you've done. Uh uh-huh. And I don't think this gets enough attention. Freeform Two. Oh Lord.
1: Starring, You're just saying that because you were in it. What?
0: Well, oh, was I? I don't. Oh, oh that's You're, right. I was.
1: You were in it.
0: That's right. Do you remember? You I I had two lines.
1: You. I don't remember which. Th- I I remember very little about Freeform Two could because it's been a really long time since I've watched it.
0: Well, you should. Uh, it's, it, I had two lines. I was like a weasel or something. I was some kind of like mm-hmm. executive,
1: some yes, studio you exec- executive. Yes, yes, I and, remember that.
0: Um, I had my two lines were um, Fred McMurray.
1: That right? I had to say right.
0: the to say the name Fred McMurray. It was like yes. in a list. We were yes, going around the table Fritz. just yes. saying people's names. I don't remember why. No, we'll and, then, uh, and then and then I had the last line of the scene. Well, we can't have that.
1: My goodness.
0: And so I don't. Um, you know, I I worked on different ways to do it. I was like Fred McMurray. I was going for like you know, but then I saw the puppet and like it didn't match. It was like right. it was some kind of rodent. So I'm like, ah, oh, I'll do Fred yeah. McMurray. And then I was yeah. like, wasn't happy with like I didn't feel like I distinguished myself. Well, we can't have that. It was something like that. I was like,
1: it was uh, yeah. That, that I, I it's coming back to me now. No, I do I do remember that.
0: I wish I'd uh, I wish I'd brought more to the table.
1: We were, you that, know that what? You brought plenty to the table. I mean, I, you know,
0: there was, was a bit part. I didn't want to steal the scene.
1: Oh, good I good. think I
0: probably modulated it just right.
1: Oh, now that yes, I think about it, I
0: probably did it just the way I should have done it. Of
1: course you did. Yes, of I'm course, course I
2: did. you
1: did. The fact um, that you did it at all. for those, You know, there are probably people out there who are trying to Google it, and I hope to God it isn't out there. Uh, for those of you wondering, Freeform 2 was something that I did in college. I think
0: you know, I I hope my listeners Google everything I talk about while they're listening to the to the show.
1: Right? Because multitasking only, is, multitasking is a form of, of ex- an expression of love.
0: I think it's you know it's it's like footnoting uh, my I'm not going to footnote my podcast, so everyone should do it for themselves.
1: Right. And if have they care the, to their
0: own kind of experience. Also, uh, freeform to the one and only time I've ever uh, played the cello. <laughs> Was <laughs> uh, right-handing, right for you.
1: you. So you bowed the cello.
0: I bowed. That's playing the cello.
1: Yes, yes, yes. You played half the cello. I mean,
0: I'm, I played. No, I played the entire cello. There was no. Well, you, there was you, no you, half a cello you, there. You, you didn't
1: do the fingering though. But you I can, did the fing. I you, did the fingering. You can play a cello without fingering it. You 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 can you can you can play open notes on a cello. Yes, without but but. You uh, you were not you were not responsible for all of the notes that were being played singularly, I should say. Well, you, I did, you,
0: I, you, did you, you, I did what was called.
1: asked of me. Yes, of course, and that's that's what you do. Do you know how many times I've right handed in my day? I've probably right handed More than me. More I get it. I get, I, it.
0: I get it. I get it. You've played the cello more than me, you've right handed more than me. I get it. No I no get no no no. Actually I get I, it.
1: I, I, I okay. never played the cello. Um, I was not a cello player. I, I've played violin badly. It's called the cellist. F- Freeform 2 was the first time I ever played the cello. Oh, or should uh, I say co-played the that's cello. That's my fir- first time too. But we had access to a cello. And also it was easier to puppeteer one playing the cello. Than, uh, uh, than a violin. Than, than a, or any or much else. Because that we had then
0: someone would have to uh, right shoulder and uh, <laughs> left shoulder.
1: It would I, be much hider, harder to hide the things that needed to be hid. Yeah. If you just think about the dynamics of playing an instrument and where the the puppet sleeves go, and the puppeteer and the head and the that and the this and the that, it is, it is, it was difficult with that puppet to have played a violin. Yeah, this is the 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 things that I've learned is basically sometimes you make creative decisions based on what you have access to.
0: That's right, constraints. Yeah, like uh, you know. Like, old Bobby Rodriguez, down in Austin, Texas, my old friend, Bobby.
1: I, Bobby I, 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 Should I know who that is? Uh, or is that just a, just a shout out?
0: Some people call him Robert. Most people know him as Robert Rodriguez.
1: Oh, I see. I know what you're talking about now. You're talking about the filmmaker, <laughs> I'm Robert talking
0: Rodriguez. About, you know, Bobby.
1: Well, you know, it, with the way you said Bobby Rodriguez, I'm thinking... Some baseball player, just the way <laughs> you said it, like, and the way you you said it, almost like a, like like Harry Carey would have said, <laughs> like like Mar- Marty Scorsese. Yeah. Well, you, you, well, sure. Now that yeah. I that I know, but yes, yeah, yeah. But 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 I think about the student films that we all did and limitations. Yeah, they really. If you have everything at your disposal, I don't think you learn as much. If puppets have shoulders, then you just
0: what how creative can you really be? You are just like you're just going to just going to mail
1: it in. <laughs> you sure. If that's the takeaway you want to take from it, sure. <laughs> All right. So, um uh, I just want to uh,
0: quickly end this uh 20-minute brief intro to Yeah,
1: right? To Where the hell- who you I are. I didn't and- bring up freeform 2 either, wh- man. I'm wh- just Hi people. Saying. <laughs> just saying. Why people
0: should find you fascinating as a, as a guest on the Siggy Llama Show. Um, uh, you've also done other work that... Um, so if, if if my listeners haven't listened, haven't listened, or ha- haven't seen uh, Avenue Q or Freeform 2, uh, they might have played Neverwinter Nights, and you did some voices on Neverwinter Nights 2. Let's see, you were uh, Thalapsix. Yeah. Thalapsix, the red dragon. <laughs>
2: Of the civilized races. I have not tasted such sweet meats for an age.
1: Boy, you've done your homework. And
0: you were the Silken Sisters.
2: Who approaches us, sisters? Does it look on
1: us? Does it pity us?
2: Make it leave us, sisters! Of voices we hear plenty!
1: Yeah, that was a long time ago, too. Silken Sisters are
0: kind of. I watched the YouTube clips. I never got to play Neverwinter Nights 2, uh-huh. but uh, Silken Sisters are pretty creepy. There,
1: very creepy, and and I didn't know what they would look like. You know, they they didn't they worked so quickly on these games, and they didn't have character renderings or anything like that. So I had, I had no idea what any of these characters would look like. Um, so to eventually, yeah, find them on YouTube was, was fascinating because I haven't played the game. I'm not
0: a gamer. So if they hadn't designed the characters yet, does that mean they were like, um, just like come up with something. Here's the script. Uh... Well,
1: they said, you know, this is what the character is. It was three, you know, it was six sisters. And now that's like three. And I thought it was going to have three heads because uh-huh. they said they wanted three different voices. Yeah. Because if you'll notice in the clip or if you've played it, it's sort of three different versions of a, of a, of the same voice. And so I wasn't sure how that was going to be rendered. Yeah. Uh, so for those of you who are thinking, why does she keep changing her voice? It's, she's a terrible voice actress. Well, it was just, that's I think. That's what they
0: six, should not have been thinking. It's like
1: six into, and I think she says six into three or something like that. Yeah,
0: they're like, well, she's referring to herself in the second, yeah. uh, the, 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 second person know. plural, I guess that's what that is.
1: Uh, sure whatever and yeah. uh yeah so that was it's always fun to see how something like that winds up because also when you're doing this the they have to be really secretive more so now i never Winter nights too. i didn't have to sign anything um there was no twitter yet oh my god there was no twitter when i recorded that <laughs> it's crazy to think about um but they still wouldn't let you take pages out of the studio um You couldn't really you can't really take anything with you because now it's becomes they become like feature films, certainly in their production schedule, but definitely in their storylines and their ambition.
2: And serious gamers
1: really don't want, you know, they don't want the spoilers to get out, but they're at the same time. They don't want the spoilers to get out. They're clamoring for it.
0: They don't want you to cheat. They don't want cheaters. They don't want cheaters playing their game.
1: Sure, and and also mostly, I think for competition as well. I mean, you have a lot of different companies uh, working feverishly to put out product. So yeah, a lot, of it like is, the a lot of it is that as well.
0: Over at Blizzard, they're doing Di- Diablo 2 and that leaks out, and they're like we gotta have a character that's six characters in one.
1: <laughs> but anyway, they don't. They don't, sometimes they just don't have the information to tell you. Because they're working so... They're, there's so much material and they're working so quickly. And interestingly enough, I think when I did the audition for Neverwinter Nights 2, I don't think that I any of the characters that I auditioned for were any of the characters I ultimately wound up playing. But I guess whatever I did in the auditions, they thought, oh, we'll have her do this and this. It, it's, it's 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 really interesting.
0: They probably made a whole new section of the game just because like you inspired no, them in the audition. Like No, oh. you
1: wouldn't believe this audition that I went to I mean, there were just stacks of sides for. Uh, there had to have been. And sides had many are. Women there. Oh, oh, sorry. Sides are um, pieces of the script. Sorry, the, the, some of us part, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The part. Amateur. The part, the, voice over the, talent. That, the part of the script that you're reading in the audition. Okay. But there were 20 different characters that people were reading for, and that wasn't even nearly the number of characters in the game, and. You know they're shuffling them around and shuffling them around, and they have they have characters that are being auditioned for actively, but then they have other characters that they know are coming up. and I can't imagine what it must be like to produce these really large, ambitious games.
0: So so how does it look called sides? Sorry, I'm hung up on the vocabulary. I don't know. Like, I how honestly, is that?
1: I honestly don't know. Like, what's what's the entomology of: I don't know. you'd have to look that up. It's a showbiz term.
0: I mean, if it was like a baseball game, then sure. You have sides.
1: Yeah, no, this is this is just something that... Or a Blood Bowl game. I gang. think side, sides came up... Uh, they could also represent your pages for the day, for the day's work.
0: Are they Some, printed on both
1: sides? No, they're not printed on both sides. That's wasteful. Some, sometimes...
0: That's not green.
1: In, in In a film, because they're shooting out of order and nobody has their entire script with them the whole time, they will hand out sides for the day, which the day's sides, the like, days. Why can't they just shooting? call those pages? Um, we already have a word for that. I don't know because maybe pages was already taken by the gophers, like the you know the or at least in TV, the the, the pages, the well, CBS and NBC them, pages. I don't know. Call them valets. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't start the fire. I didn't do it.
0: Gotcha. We all know who did that. We exactly you did start a new series on YouTube yeah Chimpy and Pansy which is adorable thank and, you and cute and funny thank um, you everyone should go up I'm gonna put it on uh, uh, I, I think I already put a clip on my YouTube uh, YouTube my Facebook uh, page oh yeah for the Sigi Llama show I'll put that up there so everyone should check that out thanks um, nine episodes all handcrafted by you in your uh, in yep. your home yep it's true. All DIY. And
1: all of them are, all of them together is less than nine minutes long. So it's totally watchable in your spare time.
0: And it's uh, like stat motion animation. So, yeah. So, hours and hours went into those nine minutes. And the love, the love, uh, and the attention to detail show. Um,
1: <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank th- you. I had a, I, I, it was an interesting learning experience.
0: So, so I see the parallel. I want to draw a parallel, if I may, yeah. between um, between Chimpy and Pansy. So you constructed these characters. They're two monkeys. Yeah. They're happy. They're monkeys. Yeah.
1: Uh, they're sort of abstract monkeys. They don't. They're cartoonish. They're, they're
0: cartoonish. They're yeah. cartoonish. Um, and you know, it's a very tactile thing. You you made them, and then mm-hmm. you're you're moving them around, and then they're, they're you're changing. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you're destroying them in the course of, yes. of telling your story. Yes. Um, and, and but you're using it. You know, you have this like kind of tactile,
1: yeah, like mixed media sort of
0: to to achieve this visual, this visual story. You have to do this very tactile thing. Yeah. Right. And like the tech, the the, the tactility, the tactileness uh-huh. of it uh, is part of the enjoyment. Like you can tell it's cork. Can yeah. Tell, thank you. You can tell that's pipe cleaner. Um I did that
1: on purpose.
0: And and so it uh, but it, you know but you're like you so you're imagining the the feel of it um and then you know you're probably doing different like effects for depth um uh or or shading of the characters
1: and it just No, that was all natural. I just used a really—we um, had a fixed lens camera with a manual lens, and I had the f-stop at 16, so we had a lot of depth of focus. And the reason why there are shadows is because those they're slightly lifted. They have little foam feet behind them, so a shadow is naturally projected. Oh. It, 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 and what was great is when there's there's an episode where Pansy is holding a cell phone in front of her. I didn't have to fake that with angles— she is, they're 2D. I did it tabletop. So there is depth there. The pipe cleaners are holding the phone as though it's in front of her. Um, and it's raised almost above her. It's, it's hard to explain. You'll know it when you see it. But that's, that's all, there were no effects, uh, no special effects. The only thing I did in editing was get rid of anything that entered the bottom of the frame by accident. And I also got rid of a hair. That wound up in a few frames. Well you
0: can't have hairs on monkeys, that would be
1: I thought about keeping it. I really did think about keeping it. A hair off my head fell and I didn't notice it. And it's very subtle.
0: I mean did and it I... stay there for multiple frames?
1: It stayed there for multiple frames, but it was in a section where the rest of the character was still, so I was able to cover it up um with a clean. But you know, it's like it,
0: watching it's like well, it's, it's hard to... Well, Wallace you Wallace and you don't see anymore. they have the
1: thumbprints, you know, yeah. and the Ardman stuff. I love that.
0: Well And like in old Looney Tunes, you know, you don't even get the joke, I have to explain these things to my kids now, but they would have the hair, they would animate oh, the fake sure. hair in the projector, sure. Sure. and then the character would reach down and, and pull it out. Right. Um, uh-huh. Because in the real projector, there would you would get a hair in there.
1: A hair in the gate. You got to check the gate. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the only um, effects... That I did, there were a couple of times where the the bottom of frame it is really easy to get you're 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 you have limited tabletop in front of you, and you're you're moving features around, and you know a, a foot will stick up uh, from the bottom of the frame occasionally. and so those were easy fixes. but no that the depth, all that depth and stuff that was all in camera that was all. So- so you weren't, like, uh, I, you know, I was just, like, picturing you,
0: like, trimming the edges off of, like, black pantyhose and, like, lining it under them to create the shadow effect, but...
1: That's uh, shadow, you, you, man. You
0: took, the, you took the easy route. Okay, I see.
1: Actually, then the only reason that I lifted them up, it wasn't to create the shadows, it was to make room for the tails. <laughs> because things would roll off if it was an uneven surface.
0: So while thinking about that, you know, while watching him and thinking about the process that went into it, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, well, this is kind of like Blood Bowl, how, you know, we're we're here to play this game, but to right. prepare for playing the game, we, many of us, prepare these miniatures. Um, now, and why we'll do spend... you do that?
1: Explain to me why you do that.
0: Well, there's, why there's, do you
1: make figures?
0: There's a function in the in the game, like to play the game, you need, um, I mean, you need to represent. A few states of your character of your players, mm-hmm. right? They have to. You have to be able to show whether they're standing or whether they're knocked down, and when they're but knocked who down. Who are you
1: showing? Because you're, your you're doing this all virtually, right? Though you're, are you playing it? Are you playing it physically in real time? Oh yeah, the board game else is in the like same room? the board okay, game so is the board...
0: main, the main. Uh, that's that's well, the original sure whether... and still right. the most enjoyable version of of the game. So that's because
1: I wasn't sure whether this was all done over the computer.
0: There are or whether it's
1: like fantasy league type stuff
0: there are computer there are a few different ways you could play it on the computer like there's the full-fledged like video game with like 3d uh-huh. you know rendered uh, uh, players and then there's the kind of um, the low bandwidth uh, Java client where you just have like little pixel sprites. Okay, where you're playing with, but then the, the the most enjoyable way to play it, I find, is the board game. Is the board game where you okay. have you know your your 28 millimeter scale, uh, lead pewter figures that you've you know meticulously, uh, shopped for to pick out like the the models that will represent your team and and wow. kind of you know match the flavor. Like if you're gonna have an elf team, well, there's a variety okay. of different, um, of uh, manufacturers who sell Elf models, and so you uh-huh. pick the one that who, whose style you think fits your your style, and uh-huh. then um, maybe you just buy ones that aren't Blood Bowl guys, but you know soldiers, and you right. snip off their weapons or you like assemble them to get the, yeah. the unique poses. Uh-huh. Um, if you're really going far, uh, you might even try to sculpt your own if you're if you're really into that. Right. Um, and then you know, and then picking out your team colors. And then, uh, and then preparing the model, painting them, you know. I have one team where I spent eight hours on each guy on the team. Wow. Uh, on, on the frozen flames um, just because I, I work slow and I was not good in learning how to to get good but also just like I wanted that
1: attention at to,
0: to detail yeah just at the painting the the miniatures so you know you know applying the base coat of yeah all the colors like just getting right. kind of the the colors on the contour like the paint by mm-hmm. numbers part but then you know shading you add some ink for some yeah. for some depth and then highlights and then yeah. second highlights and then third highlights and
1: so basically you know. what, what it has in common mostly is you spend a lot of money at michael's <laughs> there's
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, you could do that, you know. Uh, I would go to like a model, a modeling shop, uh, right? For uh, but there are yeah there are. No, I went to I went to their... art
1: supply. I went to art supply stores too. Yeah,
0: or... but I know I know people who do just get use the paints that they buy at Michaels. Sure. So
1: well, they have a lot uh, of stuff there.
0: Yeah, no, it's cool. It's a cool. I like just wandering around Michaels and just imagining.
1: Right. If I had the time. So, wow. And well, the, yeah. Well, that's right. Exactly. And the imagination. So that's... So yeah, so that takes a lot of time. And really, so you put the time into creating the, physically, creating a physical uh, version of your character to play in the board game. And you said that you have to have have it in different positions. It's, It's a sitting version, a standing version, I'm assuming a... Well, a no, you, you need it. I mean,
0: you need a figure because you need to be able to show if your guy's knocked down.
1: So, oh, I see.
0: So you know, having a physical. I
1: mean, you know, you have a happy guy. <laughs> no. You have him when he's sad. You could
0: go that far. When it's never cold seen... outside.
1: You put a little hat on him.
0: There are some monster characters that are too big to lie down, and so people. Oh. So people that, they'll they'll just yeah. take up too much space on the board. So there are people who make like a an alternate, tiny version of them. To show when now, they're knocked down.
1: Are there people who sort of come to it and sort of like do the lazy man version of it and just bring like an old Smurf figurine there, from a garage sale or something?
0: There's a there's a um, sort of a subculture that use Lego oh, cool. figures and make Lego because they're, they're the right size.
1: Right. Just about. Yeah, uh, that's great.
0: And then there's a, a larger... Um, uh, subset who hate that.
1: <laughs> I understand. But now do the Lego people follow the Lego rules? See, I'm very familiar with the Lego rules because my husband is a, a fall for those of you who know what that means, no. adult fan adult fan of Lego. Oh, okay.
0: And Lego it's has a, it, rules? It, well... I thought the, the only who, rule was
1: your well, imagination. The people, who take, the people who take Lego seriously, if they're creating things, they do not paint the Legos. They will use decals and stickers, okay. But they do not paint, or they can remove the paint with, um, I think brasso. Uh, the existing features that are on there, but they do not. True, the 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 purists do not, and then there, and then the Lego company does not sell weapons as a general rule, but there is sort of a gray market out there. There's a whole guy who makes Lego-sized guns and ammo. What do you mean Lego and doesn't sell
0: weapons? My kids have...
1: They don't... Well, they don't... They all sorts don't of Lego make, weapons. No, they don't make minifig guns. Sure they do. No, the they Star don't. The Star Wars not. sets are full of guns. Well, those are those are blasters. Those are different. They're talking about, like, military, like, actual weaponry. <laughs> well, no, non- they don't come with actual weapons. That would no, be... No, but you know what I mean. Fiction, like... Small like revolvers, yeah, yes, like revolvers. I'm, the Lego, uh, the Lego company does not um, make revolvers and rifles. Uh-huh. They're yeah, there but there are, there are a couple like of companies them. on online that do custom made and particularly now with three D printing. The Monster Hunter sets don't have revol- some. One,
0: I, I swear, my kids have a revolver. No,
1: they'll do swords, but they won't do official. The official Lego kits don't really have anything. That's like an act, you know, that 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 is representative of an actual, uh, you know, arsenal. Well, there's that's something we like have. They in don't common really have war ki- except, for, except, oh, oh, uh, except for except for the weapons. little green army men in the Toy Story kits.
0: Uh, let's see, there's always an exception.
1: Well, I think they didn't do weaponry for it, but it is a military type thing.
0: Whenever uh, my just... husband
1: did the cast of Mash, for example, <laughs> he made mini figs of the cast of Mash, and the little green army guys came in handy for some of that mini yeah. fig stuff.
0: Well, those guys on that show were armed to the teeth.
1: <laughs> on Mash, yeah, they so were I can armed. See, to I, I could always remember the episode where Hawkeye didn't want to carry a gun, and Frank Frank Burns wanted him to carry a pistol. I think Frank Burns was the only one with a gun. Have you watched MASH?
0: Not since I've always kind of hated MASH.
1: Aw. Then you hate Larry Gelbart. How sad for you. I
0: I hate MASH and I hate everyone connected with it.
1: You hate my cousin Alan. Oh. He's not my cousin. Okay. But people like to joke that he is. I'm not related to Alan Alda. You hate... You hate because his Morgan. real name
0: is Debruzo. That's right.
1: Yeah. I mean. yeah. Okay. You hate McLean Stevenson, <laughs> and he was in Hello, Larry.
0: I hate everyone who's been in a, a Robert Altman movie. So I hate Huey Lewis.
1: You hate every. Why hate- you hate everyone who's been in a Robert Altman movie?
0: I hate Huey Lewis's penis.
1: Well, there are other reasons why you might not care for Huey Lewis's penis but why do you have to extend that to everyone who's been in the Altman oeuvre
0: and the news I hate the news
1: I don't even know the news enough to hate them or have any feeling about them too
0: much saxophone
1: so you just just don't like Huey Lewis
0: actually wait if
1: you don't like saxophone what are your thoughts about the late great Clarence Clemens
0: aha he's no cannonball (laughs) Adderley.
1: You can't diss anyone in the East Street band, man. You just can't do it. I didn't mean to corner you or anything. You're not the
0: boss of
2: me. No, but you're, but when it you're, comes but you're to making, the you but you East Street I, band.
1: I, I I concern I get very concerned when you make these broad sweeping statements about I think you're missing out. Anyway, so the Lego people um are are frowned upon in the Blood Bowl world?
0: I should allow myself to lo- a laugh into the microphone. It might be better than me <laughs> laughing off mic uh, silently.
1: <laughs> That's okay. You could do whatever you want.
0: It's my show, um, damn it.
1: No, I'm just trying to get us back on track. Please. The uh the uh so the Lego people are uh, the Lego people are divisive.
0: The same person who gets mad at Lego probably doesn't get as mad uh when they play against an unpainted team and that actually irks me <laughs> just because um and I and totally it's it's unfair cuz it's nobody should be expected to spend that amount of time on something that is actually really peripheral to the the playing of the game itself, it's just that the
1: well, that's the thing. Isn't this all very much in your imagination anyway? It's well, it's in your imagination, but the aesthetic, the aesthetics of the game
0: are what but initially you drew me costumes, to it. But you don't wear
1: costumes, right? Like no. you're you're not. <laughs> it's not like Comic Con or anything like that.
0: I, no, I haven't seen any any Blood Bowl cosplay yet. So well, no, that's not. I mean, people buy jerseys. People get custom jerseys made. My new oh, thing is okay. uh, I'm like, well, you're dressing up as a jersey, but you're not a player. You're the coach. So my thing is I'm going to start dressing up as the coach. So suit and tie and a fedora. <laughs>
1: Fair enough. Um, so so you put all this time into making these characters physically.
0: Yeah. And while you're painting the, them, you're thinking like, okay, well, this is guy's going to be. It, this is the rest
1: of it. Yeah. Do you have any like. Can you just do anything or is it or is it like Dungeons and Dragons where you have limitations within whatever character you choose? Well, and have... bear in mind that I my one experience playing Dungeons and Dragons when I was in the seventh grade, oh, I hated it. I hated it. I hated it so much. Why? I could not see the point of it. Plus, whenever you start out, you're an elf and you can't do anything. So it just didn't make any damn sense because nothing was actually happening. It was all stuff in spiral bound notebooks. Yeah. And Someone's telling me that basically I'm walking through a forest. I'm not actually walking through a forest. I can't see a forest. And it's not that I don't have an imagination. I do have an imagination. But when people are telling me that dice are telling are 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 the thing that's guiding how far I can walk or what I can do or the spells that I can cast. And basically someone with more stuff in his spiral bound notebook can do more things than I can because I don't have a lot of stuff in my spiral bound notebook of my character. I just thought that that was stupid. It was a long time ago, and it was my one experience with it.
0: Was it the imbalance that other people?
1: It was some of that. that you but you weren't it was able also to do like, whatever you wanted to do. Hell? Well, no, it was also like, well, what the hell am I supposed to do? Because you get assigned it, so it's not really, oh, I'm using my imagination to do whatever I want to do. It, 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 it was sort of like there were these there were these very conveniently placed rigid rules that went so deep that a newbie didn't know all of them going in right away. So you'd say, can I do this? No. Well, can I do this? No.
0: Well, yeah, you gotta you gotta read the rule book.
1: Yeah, well, if it's like, if it's Saturday afternoon and you're going to your next door neighbor's house or say, what do you wanna do today? Hey, do you wanna play Dungeons and Dragons? I've never played Dungeons and Dragons. How does that work? You can't really go back in time and get a rule book and read it. So, or, or say, let's not play anything while you sit and read the rule book.
0: But so, so you don't? Do you read the rules now?
1: Why would I read the rules now? I haven't played. Dungeons I mean, like to other games since that you the play. Early 80s. Um, I don't. I'm not a big gamer. You're not. Yes, if you're if you're asking me, do I read the underside of the Monopoly board box? Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. Hold on. Just give me, just give me a second. Just give me a second
1: Oh, here. you need to process the fact I, that it's different. Okay.
0: I should, I I mean, I saw this coming. I saw this. I mean, I've, we've all heard the previous Noob School installment. So I didn't expect you to have actually played the game.
1: Well, I should hope not because I'd never heard of it until you brought it up to me.
0: But when I, but when I, but I, I was, uh, I sent you the rule book and I was kind of hoping you'd at least look at it. You sent
1: me the it. rule book this morning. I I I got I got stuff to do, and 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 I I don't know I, I just feel like unless I'm gonna play a game of blood bowl, I I mean I'm looking at this and it's just there's there's a lot here, and it doesn't make a lot of sense. I I'm I'm I have it pulled up I have the PDF pulled up right now. I mean look I get it basically from what you're telling me. It's like a combination of Dungeons and Dragons in that you are playing with characters, but it's also like a board game and like dressed up checkers, where instead of little checkers moving around. More like chess. Okay, fine. More like chess. So fancy chess, like one of those novelty chess sets from the 90s.
0: All right. Okay, so you haven't. Alright, so you haven't even looked at the rule book. Okay, fine.
1: No, fine, I'm fine. looking at it in front no, of me now. Right,
0: now. Okay, all right, okay. So um here's what we'll do. Here's what we'll do. To um I, I saw this coming. I saw this coming, so I'm like, okay. Rather than talk about playing the game, um, because you don't like you don't like long rule books
1: anyway. Um I let's don't just understand why you think that I would ever have have any reason just, to read this rule book. I just think cool I I, I just had to
0: I, I, you're right I, I should I mean I'm
1: busy cutting out monkeys I don't have time to read rule books for a thing that I have no intention of playing it's just a it's
0: something I I think is cool and have fun with and, and love and that's and, great for so you so I just want to share it with other people I think are cool and fun and, and that
1: I love and and I, so. I appreciate that I just don't see myself so wait a minute so you're when you're talking about painting these characters you're painting you're painting 12 guys
0: 11 11 guys but if you sometimes you pay the coach 11 on the field and then up to five uh, subs subs to play okay I've been
1: seeing that okay
0: all right okay so just just humor me to the to the point where if you were gonna try the game out let's <gasps> just let's just figure out what um, what kind of team would be the right team for you so there are 24 different uh, legal rosters to choose from in the game.
1: Oh, um, Seymour, of this official crap. Okay. Each so you can't just make up like I want my team to have this, this, this and this. So there's more of that Dungeons and Dragons uh, stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, can well, I
1: do this? No. It's th- Can I do this? No.
0: So when when I tried to get my wife, uh Seymour Lamar into uh into the game, she mm-hmm. wanted to be a mermaid team. And so Precisely we had a, we had a big uh I bet, uh, a I, big bet fight I bet you that. said no.
1: Is it because mermaids that the, these games have to be played on land? Is that is that the deal? Well, that's
0: obviously a factor. Right? It's a
1: board game, Jeremy. I mean, Sigmund. <laughs> I'm sorry, Siggy. I was confusing you with my friend Jeremy.
0: Sure, we we that happens a lot to me, actually. I know. Um, yeah. You just okay. look
1: just like him. You look. Strikingly like him. Well, there's supposed to be some kind of
0: competitive balance in the game, and if people could just do anything, then uh, you know the, the game would just go apeshit. So you you need rules. I mean, that's how games uh-huh. work. You have to have rules. You have to have constraints on your creative choices within the context of the game. See?
1: Okay. See. But now, but but yeah. Okay. But wouldn't you? But wouldn't wouldn't it? That has to apply to the whole team. It can't just apply to each team. Has players that can do blah blah this that that and this and it's a matter of using strategy to figure out. Everyone would
0: just you know take a team of 16 to the best guy in the game. The best guy you could possibly have and then what would be
1: don't people do that with fantasy football now which I don't really understand that Uh, either because.
0: That's a whole that's a whole nother discussion.
1: It is because fantasy football I don't understand how you can take one player and not realize that it's not played in a vacuum. So basically, well, it's not. Football's not I played know, in a vacuum. Know, if you're, if you're, the quarterback throws and it's not, you know, and it's not received, is that on the receiver or is that on the quarterback? And likewise, if you're a rusher and you're playing against a team with a bad defense and you do better one week and you're playing good, like you can't just take that
0: no, no, I only have so many things I can explain to you about, about
1: I fantasy. I understand that, but I'm seeing games. a lot, but I am seeing a lot of similarities. I'm not just pulling that out my right. arse. I'm, I'm right. seeing a lot of those. Let's just, let's just focus on if... I mean, you have a dwarf named Boomer <laughs> Yes, we do. I am seeing it right in front of me. So. And he, and it, he has a bazooka. Yes, yeah, so it would lead one to believe that you have... Similar kinds of players with similar sorts of fantastical stats that influence how they play in any given tournament situation. Yep,
0: no, that's true. That's true. Um, But how is that determined? So, uh, so there's there's rules. There's rules in the book. It's in the back of the book.
1: Who made up the rules?
0: Pages. uh,
1: That's the question. (laughs) Who's the guy? That's a long
0: that's a long story. They the,
1: decided <laughs> you can do this and the, you have to be a freaking elf. The Blood Bowl Rules
0: Committee did that. Okay. And
1: that is a fortress in the mountains of where
0: No, it's people uh, who play and love the game and, and play t- and it was and how many people Have been play are tested there? over over tens of thousands of games uh Alrighty. and statistically the results statistically analyzed to to rebalance the game and to Hit certain target benchmarks or performances I think for are different races. These just
1: mad with power. No, saying,
0: far far from the truth. Far from the truth. Well, um, I
1: don't. They're on a committee.
0: Not anymore. The committee's been dissolved by the owners of the intellectual property.
1: Because there, there are no. But what, what happens to the queries that must surely come up in in play?
0: That's uh, a good question.
1: Where do you play? So and, you're getting
0: into like a real epistemological. How
1: because I'm really fascinated <laughs> by the fact that this is just something that exists.
0: It is. It is fascinating. No, it's it's awesome. You should listen to uh, all of the Blood Bowl podcasts uh, to get a better. More, I listened uh, to some of them. Uh, I heard picture. a lot of
1: silly songs, but I didn't learn anything about the game because it didn't make sense. Well, that's
0: because you were listening to my podcast. I don't. I don't. I don't t- tell anyone how to play the game. Oh. I'm more okay. into the flavor of the game and uh just, you know, uh, uh, celebrating the fun that is to be had. Um, gotcha. And so, and so really the first step towards that, I think, is uh you know, among those 24 legal, never minding how they became legal. Those uh-huh. 24 legal rosters the 24 to magic from,
1: power, yeah. Sure. Let's just let's just call it like it is. The 24 this, uh and what page would that be on, sir? Uh, those are uh, pages
0: seventy-one to seventy-nine in the Ice Pelt 70. version,
1: right? And I am of,
0: uh, the rule book. Okay.
1: Okay, I see them here.
0: Okay. So, um, so they have oh, different and they have like logos. Yeah, they have logos. They have different like flavors to them. Uh, they have different play styles. They just right. have different styles, like visual styles. If you were going to make your team,
1: mm-hmm. and so they
0: just they might appeal to to different types of people. Different people might be attracted to different types of teams. So mm-hmm. um so let's just as a creative endeavor, as part of this kind of the, the creative part of the game,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um let's let's figure out what kind of team, what kind of blood bowl team
1: <laughs> well, Stephanie
0: Debruzo would create.
1: I but I just okay I just read the first line of the description of the halfling team. The technical deficiency of halfling teams is legendary. Well, if that doesn't describe me, then I don't know what does. <laughs> the technical deficiency. Athletes I mean, who who picks this?
0: People who don't care about winning, who are more interested in...
1: But that's the question, is so then why does it exist? Because it's is, is cause it it like, fun. Cause, but, like, okay, so I'm remembering doing forensics competitions, public speaking competitions in high school, and I remember that at when you were getting to, like, the state you know, the, the state qualifiers or stuff like that, there would be these people called sacrificial lambs, which would be to fill out the competition, but you knew they wouldn't win.
0: Yeah, that's so, the halfling team.
1: That's what, So this is a sacrificial lamb.
0: Well, but imagine being the sacrificial lamb. Oh my you're... God, and
1: one of the players is Puggy Bacon Breath. <laughs>
0: yes. Oh
1: my God. Why would... So, other than not caring... I mean, but okay, that's the other thing. So people can choose their teams. One is not foisted upon them. Well,
0: yeah, oh, yeah. No, you choose your team. And you might choose the halfling team because um, you want to handicap yourself. So if you're playing a less experienced coach, then you let them be one of the good teams and you take the halfling team. And that way you get to, during the game, try your hardest. You don't have to hold
1: back tactically. Wait. You switch team to team, game to game. Well, you can. You can if you, you play. Can? If you
0: just play a casual game, you can switch your team. But if you're playing in a league, then you would play the same team. You'd take them through a whole season. Well, okay. Or at a tournament, you would play them for the whole tournament. But right. You know, if you're playing just a friendly match,
1: you a would friendly, just, okay. Uh,
0: uh-huh. As they say in in, in Europe, um, you then you could just try out a different team. Sure, you could just make a team for a, for a one off game, or you could play so the if campaign. You're just mode. Around
1: and said, "What would it be like to be a halfling?" What would it be like to be that technically deficient?
0: Yeah. Plus, it's just hilarious to imagine, like these little guys who don't wear shoes.
1: It just uh, seems against... so cruel.
0: It is. It is. They get killed a lot.
1: So who in this mighty, mighty committee that is no longer sitting on their golden throne said, we shall st- make the st- crappiest team for for our own sport and amusement.
0: It, it actually dates back to back when it was one uh, one guy creating the team,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Jervis Johnson. He put it in the so game. on
1: his gold. Because it's pro. hilarious.
0: I mean, the game is basically a joke. It started out as just kind of a lark,
1: and yet it's so like, many what people if, take it very very serious. Well, I guess if, everything.
0: Uh, what if in like Middle Earth, or yeah. you know the the generic right. the generic non yeah. copyright infringing version of Middle Earth? Right. Uh, what if they discovered? Uh, the the Pro Football Hall of Fame. This is like the origin story of Blood Bowl. Okay. There's a big battle between dwarves and orcs, and uh, and in the middle of the battle they discover what the way is described. It's the it's the Pro Football Hall of Fame mm-hmm. buried underneath this battlefield. They've been fighting in this bowl shaped uh, arena, uh, and then they discover the Pro Football Hall of Fame inside. And so they they take a break from fighting to investigate, and uh, a dwarf. Uh, named Roselle, a half-blind dwarf priest, uh can kind of make out the the language, but he makes a lot of it up, and so he's okay. interpreting it, and then he tells the people about the the game, and so he's you know he's read the rule book for he's read the NFL rule book. You get this from you know the way it's described, mm-hmm. but he's had to to interpret it because he can't translate all of it, and so they decide to give it a try, and so the the Eleven dwarves line up on one side, and eleven orcs line up on the other side, and they inflate a, a pig's bladder and they play this game. And it's such a sensation that war basically ends and all conflicts are resolved through games. And of were
1: there football. and were there giant twenty-sided die involved?
0: No, no, they're actually so they were, were playing. The, they were, we're in the diegesis playing. of the game, and so they they're playing the game of football,
1: right? They just have we're to be... playing the
0: game of blood bowl, which is us making them play the game of this game of football virtually, yeah, just like there are rules for how the players in the game can cheat uh-huh so by following the rules there you can make your player in the game cheat because that's something your player would do, but there were rules for how you could cheat
1: right like right. in Dungeons and dragons you you either you can do this but you can't do this. You can, you can be, you can, yes, you can be sneaky, but you can't, yes, I yeah. gotcha. Yeah. So
0: it's like and that. only
1: this, only this kind of character can jump and only this kind of character can fly. Yeah, but exactly. Now, There's... But now what I'm seeing is now our, our, there doesn't seem to be any co-mingling of teams at any point, right? Well, that, see,
0: they, they tried that, but then everybody just does that because that's the most powerful team so mm. you know they had to they had to put restrictions there's there's one kind of commingled team uh the chaos pack team which is like a mix of evil races but you're right they're 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 pretty um
1: you can't trade players it's kind of
0: like the old saw that uh that liberals write sci-fi like hard sci-fi and, and conservatives write fantasy because in fantasy like morality is really black and white you know oh i'm, t- I'm talking about like old fantasy there's this really clear-cut good and evil um it you know certain races are just evil so if you meet an orc you know he's evil and you can just kill him without having to consider the consequences
1: so are you saying this is a racist game
0: it depicts a racist (laughs) world (laughs) i see it does
1: i see so then which is the best one because clearly there is a best one
0: there's there there's three there's three tiers so the game is designed and play tested so that there's three tiers there's your top tier your tier one teams are all supposed to be about the same uh competitively
2: mm-hmm.
0: um and then there's your tier two which is the the less competitive ones who you know give yourself a little bit more of a challenge or just when you say kind less of...
1: competitive
0: do you mean less assertive less aggressive less like Less likely to win a game against one of the top tier teams
1: because of their strength and ability.
0: Yes, yeah, I see. And okay. just like the right, and just how challenging they are to have an effective uh, tactics that work with their skills. Okay. And then tier three would be like that too.
1: Yeah, I just I guess what I don't get then is if it's so obvious that a team is that that's so unevenly matched. Where does the skill come in?
0: Well, the skill is like in. Where
1: does, where's the strategy? If I you guess can,
0: if you can play halflings and force a tie, that's like winning. Actually, okay. I even say if you play halflings and you can make the other guy sweat that he might not win the game, then you've won. That's not really. That's really not
1: not statistically, but
0: no. But you in you, your
1: in your in your little hearts. Yeah.
0: You're right. And that's the satisfaction. The satisfaction you get. But then there's okay. people who only play the power teams, it's just like, you know, the mm-hmm. of the tier one teams, the, you know, five that are considered the best, they would only play those because that's, you know, because they have insecurity issues or whatever, you know. Okay. Or It's like, like, I don't, losing isn't my idea of fun, so I choose to play a game that I won't have fun half the time. Right. Or, you know, if, if I'm really good 40% of the time, I, I just know I won't have fun, but I'll play anyway, because that 60% is so sweet.
1: Right. Yeah, it's kinda like, I'm probably the wrong person for you to 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 try to recruit. I mean, only because that's fair enough. Fair enough. That's well, okay. only. Well, no, it's just only because it I'm just learning to
0: accept this.
1: Well, it's, and it's not. It has nothing to do with you. It's not you. It's me. I understand that. I understand. Um, but just you know, it. it to, life is hard enough when you're. Um, I want to go back to the when you're technically deficient, life is hard enough. Um, <laughs> that 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 you would then take a fantasy game where you can do whatever you want and set yourself up for that sort of predisposed failure for fun. Mm, there's something I'm missing. I gotcha.
0: I gotcha. So let's let's so let's limit ourselves today to um, the part of the game you, you might find enjoyable. Okay. Just the creating a team. Um, just creating the concept of a team. And creating the characters that would be on that team. The the role playing part of the game without the okay. rules.
1: But now, without, aren't there? Isn't that sort of mapped out for you that there are certain kinds of characters on there? Well, certain kind of characters, already?
0: but you get to come up with the personalities.
1: Oh, I see. So, like, one guy's having trouble at work. One guy's a closeted alcoholic. Yeah, exactly,
0: exactly. One one
1: one guy steals staplers. What are their
0: hopes? What are their dreams?
1: Right. Other than to not be killed.
0: Yeah, or maybe maybe they want to be killed. Okay. So okay, so um, there's a lot to process in terms of picking out a, a a team.
1: Well, so, I gotta go, halfling man, because let's just be as deficient as possible.
0: Okay. Well, halflings good. Um, uh, I, I. In I case can you get didn't, behind it. In case you didn't, you weren't able to, to to make that choice. I, I created a BuzzFeed quiz.
1: Oh, um, you did? Okay, okay. Well, you want if to you help you identify quiz, what? By what, all means, I don't want to let you down or let that work go to waste. Let's take the quiz. All right. Let's take this this and just let's just see what what this says. It might wind um, up <laughs> that you know, I become a halfling anyway
0: if I uh, what my algorithm uh, says you should be. okay, so um question one, what is your favorite element?
1: In the periodic table?
0: No, like the uh, you know like oh Aristotle's. like Earth, wind and fire. Yeah,
1: okay. Or the you know, periodic too. Are <laughs> you um, Earth, wind, water, and fire? Uh, oh boy.
0: That's a tricky one. It's a lot to choose from.
1: Well, it is a lot to choose from because they both have pros and cons. But let's just say with our friends in California having trouble, you need water to live. I'm going to go with water. Water?
0: What, mm-hmm. uh, what sign are you, by the way? Sagittarius. But Is that a water sign? I
1: don't no, know. I don't, I don't think so. You know, I'm not that crunchy. I don't really know yeah. offhand. I don't know that shit either. I don't care. Um, okay. How do you tend to deal with conflict in hmm. your life? I run away and hide.
0: Run away and hide.
1: No, that's not true. I worry about it too much. I I stress about it. I Worrying, stress about it. Stress. Okay. No, I stress. I stress about it.
0: Interesting answer. Um, how many pets have you had? And um, what was your favorite I'm, pet?
1: I'm allergic to animals. Oh. Uh, I found out that I was allergic to pet dander when I had. We had a puppy, and we had to get rid of that. And then we had a cat because we had mice. And we had to get rid of that. And then my mom got a rabbit.
0: Wait, you had a, you had like mice like loose and in the house? No, like as we. Pests?
1: No, I brought like in kindergarten. You know, you bring home a pumpkin plant for Halloween, and we we planted it near the house. And the mouse came. And the mice came to eat the pumpkin plant, and it and it got. Um, so then they then they felt like they sort of got into the basement that way, ah, because of the pumpkin plant. So we got a cat. I had an asthma attack. We had to get rid of the cat. And then I think when I was in high school, my mom- might have been allergic
0: to the mice or the pumpkin. No,
1: no, it was definitely the cat. Um, And then I think when I was in high school, my mom got a bunny and we had to get rid of that because I would have these asthma attacks. So technically I have had three pets, all of which made me ill. Oh, and I used to have a fish. I think I had a fish that I overfed when I was in kindergarten. Okay. So four. So you're
0: not used to having pets that stick around.
1: No, and i I would love to have a pet, but it would kill me.
0: Okay, so, so I have a very
1: severe like I get asthmatic reactions. It's not just sneezing.
0: So you don't have a history of getting attached to to, to these things where you'd be Sadly, devastated if if you lost them.
1: no i I, I enjoy the animal videos on the YouTube. If I, I would love to have a little dachshund puppy on my lap right now, but yeah. I can't. Um, so no, I have not had pets for extended periods of okay. time. Interesting. Okay, interesting. So I don't know whether that counts because technically I have had four, but none of them have lasted very long.
0: Well, this is why this is better than a BuzzFeed because I, you can give more nuanced answers and I can Well, yeah, there's
1: never just a yes or no. This
0: is uh, more heuristic than algorithmic. Um, Okay, it's Who's, gonna have to
1: make a judgment call on that one. Whose political
0: philosophy do you subscribe to, Thomas Hobbes or Jean-Jacques Rousseau?
1: <laughs> You're presuming that I am smart enough to really know the intricacies of either of them.
0: Well, I just, like you don't, I don't expect you to get into the intricacies. Just like you know, from a gonna... from a from the view from the thirty thousand feet on each of their works
1: uh, uh let's just say hobbesian uh just for funsies because none of this is real anyway
0: well okay well let just let you know like um let's
1: just say hobbesian I'm just saying off
0: the top of my head hobbes had a materialist and highly pessimistic philosophy that presented a bleak picture of human beings in the state of nature
1: yeah that's about right
0: where life is nasty brutish and short like danny devito
1: uh-huh
0: um and thought government should have absolute authority Oh, um,
1: well, see, but see, now that's the problem with these things, is that nobody subscribes 100% to any one Well, point. sure,
0: no, this is, you know, like, there which are always... one do you lean towards? Or do you lean towards Rousseau, who maintained that human beings were essentially good and equal in the state of nature, but were co- corrupted by the introduction of you know, property, agriculture, science, and commerce?
1: I gotta tell you, it depends on the day. It really depends on the day. Because there are some days where, yeah, I absolutely feel that people are good. And yes, they've only been corrupted by outside forces. But I've said this over and over again, is I think that we were just hardwired flawed. I think that human beings are just wired to be... we We are very imperfect. That's not to say we're asses, but we are highly imperfect.
0: Okay, so you're a Hobbesian...
1: I yeah but I mean not as not as totally bleak as that and I certainly don't believe you know in 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 every element of it please don't write your angry letters but uh, as far as the basics of it then you know yeah I think that uh, and some of it lets us off the hook some of it is in our hardwiring and some of it is that people really like power I mean I think that's where the problem is is it it's not that I think people have wanted to be powerful before there was money. Before there was such a thing as currency and government, yeah, they've always wanted to be the, you know, I think that's hardwired.
0: Power over, over fictional.
1: Power over football players. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Just, just power in general. I think everybody wants to be the most important person in the room, or well, maybe not the most important in the room. I think every person wants to be important, even before there were rooms. Even before there were rooms, even in the cave, I don't think that anybody wanted to be disregarded. At the very least, whatever that whatever that entailed. In I think the that's cave. what
0: they were trying to say when they were painting in the cave. Regard me.
1: Well, sure. I mean, I often think about that. It's like you know, just they, they were just everything was a discovery. Can you imagine the first time water fell from the sky? Holy crap!
0: I don't think anyone was alive. <laughs> If no, water had never fallen it, from the sky. The,
1: human, the first time a human being saw water fall from the oh, sky. Wait, Noah. No, he wasn't the first. It wasn't the first time it rained. It couldn't have been. Well, Noah, uh, mist came out of the ground. Um, and that's how the... The crops grew? And it, so Noah yeah. was the first time it rained? Well, You're I... talking biblically. You're talking biblically. I'm talking...
0: But Noah is in the Bible.
1: Noah is in the Bible, but I'm talking... I'm talking many thousands of years before Noah. Um, the first the first the first of our ancestry there was a first there was a situation at some point in time where a human being was the first person to see waterfall from the sky uh, for the no first reason.
0: time they saw it yeah the first time they saw it, yeah okay
1: and that had to freak them out and I think that that's where people realize that especially if they didn't have an umbrella yet Stuff was bigger than them and they needed to feel like there was a reason for them to be there. And then once there were more people, I think it's human nature that when you're in a room with more than a couple of people in it, you want to feel like you matter.
0: Before anyone had power over anyone anyone else, did they want it? Or did they only want to keep it once they had it?
1: No, I think that there have always been people who have been in charge in one way or another. If you get two people. All you need is that second person in a room together and you have a dynamic Yeah, where one person is the follower and the other person is the leader. And it's okay to be both. But I think that there's something in people's hard wiring that said, well, I don't want to be a doormat. I don't want someone telling me what to do with my life. And then you get more people involved with that. And then the, the, the number of people who have that power become fewer and fewer, the greater the numbers are in a community. And I think that there, because people rise to power even before there was government, there are always people who want. Well, and I think that at some point, someone needs to take the lead. Sounds like you uh, might have a career in punditry. No, MSNBC I just, uh, got I a seat lived,
0: open for. Just lived too long. A former Broadway star.
1: Just, which, just lived uh, a long time. This is just. Look, I, you learn a lot about human nature sitting in audition rooms. I'll tell you that. You learn a lot about why people. Well, I don't know why people. Some people do the things they do, and sometimes the best you can do is chalk it up to well, you know what? It's it, humans are flawed. Well, next time you're in a
0: audition room, I think you ought to give this Bud Buzzfeed quiz. It's a good icebreaker, good conversation starter. Let's see, favorite hero.
1: Favorite? You mean superhero or no, just, just hero? He-
0: like a heroic figure.
1: Ooh boy. Well, protagonist. Top- Topically, right now, I'm going to have to go with Jon Stewart because he's really really shined a light like no one else has. So, right now, he's my hero.
0: And favorite villain?
1: Well, I don't know. Catwoman's always pretty good.
0: Catwoman?
1: Yeah, why not? Okay. Because, you know, she's one of the few that, well, I guess, I mean, all the Batman villains speak in puns, but it's got to be a Batman villain just because they're fun. Okay.
0: Alright, so they've they got to be silly. Some, some
1: silly I enjoy a silly villain. Yeah, okay. Although I really love Frank Gorshin, so maybe I should have said the the, the Riddler. Yeah. Well, which Catwoman is your favorite? Uh, you know, I I, I don't know. Earth, the Kid is so classic, but I really like Julie Newmar. I don't know. You know, let's just change it to the Riddler, because then we'll just make it easier. It's Gorshin. He's great. Okay, your ideal climate. Weatherwise, oh my goodness so you could live anywhere um climate wise i hear that you know i hear that the pacific northwest is lovely when it comes to that sort of thing and i also hear that the rain is a bit of a myth so i will say pacific northwest
0: so they still haven't seen the first rainfall in seattle
1: i i <laughs> smart ass Smartass. it's just a legend Smart. Uh, No, I'm saying that a lot of people say, oh, it rains all all the time in in Washington, and I've heard that that is... It's going to blow their mind the first time they see it. You're full
0: of it. Uh, What is your chief virtue?
1: That I can look beyond my own nose. That I am observant.
0: Observant. Is that one of the... um... What are the seven classic virtues? I don't think that's one of them.
1: No, but I, I, but I'll tell you something. If it's not, it should be because I've been running into a lot of people who aren't. Yeah. And uh, it just being able to look around you and notice the things around you, because I've been doing that a lot lately.
0: Let's see. I think that would be prudence. Prudence. No, no. that's
1: playing it safe. Hmm.
0: Well, that be prudence, justice, temperance, courage, um, faith, hope, or charity.
1: It doesn't really fall into any of those categories, and yet I feel that it should be. It sh- But this has got to work for your algorithm, so... Oh, Lord, it's not faith, it's not hope. I don't know. I guess the closest thing is charity, but that sounds so churchy
0: <laughs> Well these are the the seven heavenly virtues.
1: I know, no, but in a way that it sounds churchier than most of them. It's the churchiest of all of the virtues wouldn't you say Uh,
0: then faith is definitely not one of them i guess if you're if you're going out of your way not to pick a churchy one then then, let's
1: say let's say uh, let's say charity we're gonna
0: say faith is not your your chief virtue no
1: it's it's let's okay let's say charity for the sake of your algorithm let's say charity because i guess observance is is, is the closest to that okay like you know noticing what other people are going through
0: okay um yeah that's good that's like empathy uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Would, I yeah. guess I would fall under charity. Yeah. Um, or charity is also sometimes just called love. So.
1: Well, sure.
0: Uh, okay. Uh, your worst sin, not like your worst particular gluttony. like,
1: gluttony. <laughs> instance man. of
0: sin, gluttony. Okay. Gluttony. All
1: right. I mean, I je- jealousy too, but this
0: is. Uh,
1: but I, I am a, I am are, a. Are you, I sure am not, are you sure you're not? Carb
0: Are you sure you're not gaming this? Uh,
1: no, I'm being perfectly honest.
0: Okay, interesting. And uh, why?
1: What am I? What am I coming up as? Well, uh, you think well, I'm, I'm a to <laughs> I'll
0: give you. I'm going to give you the rundown <laughs> at the end.
1: I told you. What do I you... know myself pretty well. <laughs> I've lived long enough to get to know me.
0: What do you? So you're also capable of looking uh, n- nearer than your nose.
1: What do you mean? As far as the gluttony. No. I
0: mean if <laughs> to know yourself you have to also oh. be able to
1: look inward as well as the two are, I don't I don't think that I think the two are mutually exclusive. I think that you can know yourself very well without being self-centered.
0: Yeah. No, I'm not I was not making Actually, a, a, a claim lot to of selfish contrary. people
1: can, Yes, that's true. Yeah.
0: Uh what do you value more in entertainment? A kernel of truth or escapism?
1: Interesting. I have to choose one or the other, huh?
0: What do you go for? What's your default
1: mode? Well, when you say a kernel of truth, it doesn't have to be one hundred percent true. Well, so just I've... that
0: it would, just...
1: yeah, no, not one hundred percent true. No, I, yeah. no. But... Okay, then I'm gonna go with the kernel of truth. Yeah, I want to be able to have some sort of relationship. The best stories are something that, at the very heart of it, you can relate to, on some level. Even escapism, you can. I don't know. I like a little bit of truth. Yeah. Okay.
0: All right. Um, let me just uh, feed these results into the Michael Winslow 2000 computer. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, and uh, all right. So uh, let's see. What does it say? So your favorite element was water, mm-hmm. uh, which is fluid, suggests mobility, uh, suggests adaptability of game plans, and... Um, Let's see, let's see what that means. Uh,
1: you know. How come I feel like I'm going to like a a shady fortune teller right now? How come I feel like this is a tarot card reader in some back alley going on right now? How? I see, uh... just getting that vibe. <laughs> just, 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 just letting you know that that's the vibe I'm getting. But anyway, it contains fluidity. Sure. yeah,
0: well, i'm not I'm not gonna bury the lead here. so yes, uh, I think I think you definitely uh, are a good match for halflings. <laughs> uh, halflings all start with the dodge skill. Um, they have the stunty skill, which allows them to ignore uh, negative modifiers from tackle zones. So they're really good at flowing through other people's defenses. And they're uh, one of
1: the worst teams ever. So they you have... knew I failed gym class. I knew it.
0: So, so water is a good match for halflings. Uh, how okay. do you tend to deal with conflict? You run away and hide, which is well, a, no, wait, that also was just a good a choice.
1: Reaction. It was stressing. That was the key one.
0: I know, but run away, running away and hiding is a is a good that reaction was, for halflings a clump, in a blood Bowl I know, but game. But that was
1: the comic answer, just so you know. And uh, worrying
0: and stress is what halfling would uh, very rationally do during a Blood Bowl game. Okay. So that, those are both fair very ra- rational reactions for uh, fair enough for a bloodbowl. Um, uh, you're not attached to pets, so um, if you're coaching a Blood Bowl team and your players are dying left and right, you Now, wait a minute. Especially... That doesn't mean
1: I don't empathize with... No, no.
0: It doesn't mean you won't empathize, but, it, you know, you, like some people... Your
1: algorithm did not... Your algorithm was not um, capable of handling allergies in the equation.
2: So
0: Physical some, some, inability. Some people play the game and they really hate, like, if they name their players and come up with a story from them they really hate the idea of those characters dying and so they get attracted to uh teams that have higher armor value i see uh, whereas you i think are well equipped to uh, having a high turnover rate in your players (laughs) because you had a high turnover rate in your pets i see um and also because you're you're not someone who like would favor an animal uh, you're not one of the kind of people who say, "Well, if, uh, if a car crash, I had to save one, I'd pick, I'd save the dog instead of the person." You know, you're not one of those types of people. So you didn't ask you know,
1: that question, but okay, fair enough.
0: I'm reading. You know, I I can only that's ask fine. so many questions. I got, can't let the show be three hours long. No, that's true. Um, uh, political philosophy. Uh, you say life is nasty, brutish, and short. Well, halflings are at least short, so we mm-hmm. have that going for us. Um. Uh, Your favorite hero, John Stewart, a noted short person uh, who wow. doesn't take himself right. seriously, just like a halfling coach should not take himself seriously. Catwoman uh, indulges in silly puns. Uh-huh. Uh, if you want to have players with silly puns in their names, halflings are are one of the top candidates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, with food based names you know skaven would be the other one uh they're the rat men and
1: they oh i see they okay. tend to have lots of cheese I was gonna say, sounds like so who's who's gaming this me or you because <laughs> it seems like i don't know about your 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 algorithm but it seems like you could rationalize any number of teams from my answers well, but 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 please continue every one of these
0: questions is uh uh,
1: scientifically engineered?
0: It's scientifically engineered to uh, have a possible range of teams that would I see. apply to any answer. But then
1: when you uh, add I them see. up, I see. You, winnow, it's like, right. you winnow it down. Like the old magazine quizzes. If you have this many fours and yeah. gotcha. Okay. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, uh, let's see, <laughs> ideal climate. Um, you seem thin skinned about the weather. And uh, hey, halflings, man. halflings are definitely. Uh, I live
1: in a city. You have to walk everywhere. In the weather is very important here. I don't have a car. I take public transportation. I walk. Weather matters, man. Yeah,
0: so you wouldn't be, you couldn't be Norse uh, uh, from the far north. You couldn't be uh, the lizardmen or Amazons from the the jungle. Uh, you, you definitely seem like uh, uh, you'd, you'd want a temperate climate. Um, without extremes in weather, and that's what that's what the shire would represent, I think. Okay. Um, worse in gluttony, enough said. Mm-hmm. And then, um, since you value value truth over escapism, I uh, apply these, um, I apply these uh, kind of literally to your choice. So okay. uh, you're looking for you know something in your blood bowl team that represents who you are, some aspect of. of who you are at your core
2: so
1: like i said i failed gym class man the technical deficiency of haftling teams is legendary yeah. uh, we could have saved so much time but i will say your 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 quiz is interesting and i bet a lot of people should uh who are interested in doing this should take it
0: all right you well, should
1: offer that as a service
0: if I, I. you could
1: do their readings
0: if i could if i could write the um the 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 code to to spit well, no. this out
1: they send their answers the to Facebook. you. Yeah, well, they send their answers to you and then you run it through the Michael Winslow computer. Boop, boop, beep, beep, boop, boop, boop. And you send so them back Winslow their answers. Michael 2000. Ans-
0: we got the latest model.
1: Of course, right. And uh, you put in the punch cards and you uh, and you send them back their results in four to six weeks. Sounds I think, good. I think, I think I think that's a fine service email to provide. Those, email those responses
0: man. to sigilama at gmail.com.
1: Yeah. And, and I'm sure that everybody's taken the time to carefully write down the, the the questions for their own records. And I'm sure everybody who's listening to this has answered in their own heads what they would say. I hope they have. I'm sure they have. Oh boy. How could they not? And they're and they're probably thinking, My whole team is a lie.
0: And they should have been Googling and footnoting it as we go along too, keep in mind. So um so So you got a halfling team. First thing to do is come up with a team name. So what's the name of your halfling team?
1: The Avises.
0: The Avises.
1: We try harder.
0: Oh, okay. So how do you spell Avises?
1: A-V-I-S-E-S?
0: And so not like A-V-I-S? It's not a very good
1: name, but you're putting me on the spot. Sure. I'm sure if I had time... And I could brainstorm it. I could come up with something better, more poetic.
0: Likely, likely. A more a little more blood bully. So, uh, so they would just be like. Um...
1: Well, they you know that they're bad. I mean, basically, again, bad team is a given. So they might as well acknowledge it out the gate. So is Avis like their sponsor? No, they're just taking on... They're just co-opting the We Try Harder attitude.
0: Okay. And is it just like a standalone name like the Avises? or They're like a barnstorming team that doesn't come from any particular place?
1: Oh, I see what you're talking about. You're talking about we got the Oregon Tackleberries or the... Is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah, well, that's one way you could go. There's different schools of thought on this. Some people are really adamant on the uh the place name uh, okay nickname. I've got a better
1: name and then I've got the better name great some people okay. do you I'm know. The, I'm the I'm the I'm the I'm the New York City what the hell is this is <laughs> that's what I am all I'm right. the New it, York City what the oh what the hell's
0: is uh, I was gonna say what the hell is this is is that all one word is that like yeah it would one, have been
1: all one word but let's just 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 shorten it to what the hells so what the hell's the New York City what the hells
0: Okay, I'm watching the uh, Daredevil um, Netflix series now. Oh which yeah, I'm really oh, you know into I which takes place in Hell's Kitchen. Uh huh. So,
1: current Hell's Kitchen or like '90s Hell's Kitchen or '80s current
0: Hell's current Hell's Kitchen? The Hell's, gotcha. Hell's Kitchen after the Avengers movie. Oh, I see. The aftermath of the Avengers movie. Gotcha. Um, uh, I'm loving it. It's, I think it's really great. Really well done. Did um, you know? So... Yeah, New York City.
1: What the hell's is
0: okay, or what the hell's what the okay. hell's right? All right, what the... uh, team colors. What team colors would you do?
1: My gosh, I had no idea I would be put on the design spot like this. Um, yeah, I, for sure. Hmm. Like,
0: what flashes in your mind?
1: Well, that's the thing. Is see, I don't know how. Like in Blood Bowl in general, are, are they bright colors? Are they are they very football esque, or are they supposed to represent the uh? The sort of muted tones of a faux Middle Earth.
0: They can, you know, people do it both ways. I'm in the bright colors camp, uh, but many people do it. I mean, do I have to pick a
1: mascot at this point as well?
0: Yeah. Really? Most people don't have a mascot, (laughs) although they should. Why don't people have a mascot? I don't think I've ever seen a Blood Bowl team that actually, like, where I saw them model a mascot.
1: There is your cosplay for you. Like somebody you with a big coach, head. And then you have someone in a mascot suit jumping around going rah, 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 sis, boom, bah.
0: Why haven't I ever seen them? Ma- I've seen people model the coaches. I've seen people model the, you know, the apothecary. <laughs> um, <laughs> the cheerleaders, of course. That's pretty common. I've never well, seen one do like an on-field mascot. They might, they might design a logo. You know, they might design the the team Logo right. which will have a mascot in it, but like an on field, oh, well,
1: then you would think that one would follow the other,
0: but then like a, a model for the guy who runs around you know, basically a, a cheerleader in a, in a well, costume. I
1: see he, you'd be painting him, yeah,
0: like he's a character. The guy in the costume would the, he interfere the San Diego Would it? Be
1: like, would it be like in the fortune cookie where the cameraman gets in the way of play? And gets knocked over. There used to be rules.
0: So back back when I was like in high school, in the 80s, the version of the game uh, had really insane rules. You've been playing this since the 80s? Yeah.
1: This has existed since the 80s? Yeah. How, How far back does this go? The 80s. Really?
0: Yeah. It really does. I thought
1: this was a relatively recent thing.
0: No, 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 no.
1: You never talked about this in college. Ever.
0: I... I knew I didn't have the kinds of friends Who would play it
1: Yeah but we we all Had our things That we were sort of You know we all Learned about other people from the Things that they liked and And I'm surprised That this never came up you you squelched It there were I mean there
0: were Enough other things to Share I,
1: I guess Wow I had no Clue
0: by the way, that Buzzfeed thing re- reminded me, um, do you remember when I was a, a freshman and uh, I made the Jeremy Morse, ah, I mean the Sigmund Lamar trivia quiz um, because I was tired of getting yes, confused because with Jeremy you Morse. Were,
1: you were, and the prize was, was a Whopper.
0: <laughs> That's right, a single Whopper?
1: A single Whopper.
0: Oh, and it was uh, like 20 questions all about my fascinating life.
1: I think um, you had about you had a box of Whoppers and you said, right, or maybe it wasn't wa- a-, a whopper, but yeah, you Yeah, not the like Burger hands King hands whopper. Of- the no, you, you would like give a handful of malted milk balls. But yeah. you actually used the word whoppers. And for a second, I was confused between that and the Burger King hamburger.
0: Well, that was the fun of
1: saying, walking around right. and saying,
0: Would you like a whopper?
1: i like a whopper. And then... But um, yeah, and then pulling out the, the, the little milk carton. Yeah. Um... But I'd forgotten about the. i i I'd temporarily forgotten, but that's the part of it that I remember is the prize of the Whoppers. Do you remember your score on the quiz? Hell no. I barely remember what the questions were on the quiz. It's a, it's a lot of stuff about high school, right? Yeah, just like, well... <laughs> just stuff that we would never have known.
0: <laughs> I had a, I had limited experience to draw from, so it was all high school or earlier. <laughs> um, but yeah, you, you, uh, you got I zero I got right. got zero, right. I think you got zero.
1: Of course, of course I got you zero the, right. You had the
0: only zero.
1: Well... I don't even remember what the questions were. And then, um,
0: and then you being you, you f- like felt really bad about it. Like you should, have done Better,
1: of course, I did, because I considered you a friend. <laughs> which was but that very... didn't mean that I knew who you went to the prom with, or who yeah, it was it was, it was all things that you wouldn't you were in in high school.
0: <laughs> was, there was nothing on there that you would reasonably be expected to know. It was it was trivia. And I'm sure
1: some people guessed and guessed correctly, which is why I was got the only zero because I was bad guessing bad at guessing them you know you defied the guesser. odds
0: by getting a zero really
1: i'm trying to remember so in that way you, you beat have the beat standard the four did you have the standard four uh, possible answers yeah to each a b person?
0: c d yeah um i only re- remember um one question was like what was my favorite tv show when i was a kid uh or <gasps> maybe it was my favorite superhero um oh my superhero. this is
1: coming back to me <laughs> and but i remember didn't you see...
0: guessed underdog but the right yeah, answer was I, you're right the right answer I... was the incredible hulk
1: But I could totally see you liking Underdog. I
0: loved Underdog.
1: But it wasn't your favorite. They were all...
0: You know, all the answers had the ring of truth. See, that's the
1: thing. They were their trick questions. So you were... No, you were perfect. But it's not like you put answers, possible answers that were so out of the realm of possibility. It wasn't
0: as well designed as my BuzzFeed quiz for determining your blood bowl race. That's true.
1: But, I mean, I guess...
0: I was, you know, I seventeen now, years old when I made yeah, it. Yeah,
1: but now, now, now that you bring it up, I look back and I think, well, what was your end game? Like, what was the point? Were you trying to?
0: I I screw wanted with us? people to spend time thinking exclusively about me.
1: And you wonder why was, I said Hobbesian?
0: It was vanity.
1: And you wonder why? <laughs> why, why do you think I'm <laughs> doing a podcast? Everybody wants to be important. Everybody wants to be important. Not famous. There's a difference. Although a lot of people want to be famous, but to feel as though they're important, to feel that my life was special, vindicated. Everybody wants to feel special. Of course they do. And we live in a world where everybody feels the picture from millions of miles away very insignificant. We, you know, we see these pictures of Pluto and these new high def pictures of Earth, and they're gorgeous, and we feel very, very small. Not me. I had a trivia quiz about me.
0: <laughs> How many <laughs> yes, people can say you that? You
1: did, and that makes you special. It was. I still can't think of team colors. I know you've been doing this as a giant distraction to kill time so I could think of team colors along the way, and I have had no luck. So, um I'm just going to make up. I'm just going to say for fun because I like the way the words sound. Obsidian and oxblood. Uh, obsidian is black. And ox blood is, is deep red.
2: A
0: deep red. Oh.
1: Well, I think it is. It's pretty,
0: pretty evil Oxblood. looking. Uh,
1: I remember, and this is going back to college as well. I remember looking in the LL Bean catalog in the early nineties and seeing their colors. I remember there was a color called luggage.
0: Ox blood. So this is like the uh, the,
1: the,
0: the climax of um, Apocalypse Now.
1: It's dark, man. My halflings are dark. The what the hells are a dark dark team? What can I say?
0: All right. Um, so the the what the hells? The New York um, City
1: hells. There's the New York you, hells.
0: We're not going to fill out the whole roster. Um, there's basically only two types of players on a halfling team. There's a tree man. Um, or Literally a tree
1: man. A, a tree
0: man like an ant. Made, made of made of a tree. It's a it's a living walking tree.
1: Uh huh. Um, so like. Dorothy steals his apples. Yeah, like that. Okay. Except he
0: can walk very slowly. Okay. And uh, might take a long time to stand up. And um, and then halflings. And of course, uh, you can assign gender as you want. So okay. let's just come up with one of each. Um, so you know, like, uh, who's your team captain of your of of the what the hell's? I need a name. Yeah, let's come up with the name.
1: Or I'm ex I'm, I'm deciding whether you've got that a lot of
0: experience happy- coming up with is characters a
1: or a Treeman. Yeah. I'm deciding whether that, yeah. Okay. I think that I think that the coach is a Treeman. I think he's old and grizzled. He probably sounds a lot like Jonathan Banks. Who's uh Jonathan Banks. He was on Breaking Bad, uh, Better Call Saul. He was oh. also, he did a great arc on community. Mike. Mike. Yeah. But he also, uh, in fact, it's interesting that I call it the what the hells, because if you watched Community in the, uh, is it the fourth season? No, the fifth season. The fifth season. And he had his comic strip called Jim the Duck. And the last panel was always what the hell. Uh, and I loved that. Interesting.
0: So, okay. All right. We okay. got a theme going. So, no, no, no.
1: So, so yeah. So, he's a grizzled guy. He's, he's seen too much of this shit. He's too old for this shit. Excuse me. Can I swear on your podcast? Hell I didn't yeah. ask. Okay. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, he's, he's seen too much of this shit. He's been through it. He knows they're going to lose. But he come, He's he sort of probably was like a Vince Lombardi in his youth, but he's just... And, and actually, yeah, okay, it's like the love child of Dan Loria because he played Lombardi on Broadway. He was fantastic with Dad on The Wonder Years. Oh, that guy, sort of yeah. like He was yeah, great. Yeah, he's fantastic. Great actor. Uh, great guy. Um, sort of like the love child... Of Jonathan Banks and Dan Loria. that sort of like he probably had a lot of get up and go when he was younger, but life has cut him down so that he's just all he's left with was this crappy little team. Ah, but he's awesome. got to do it because that's what he—that's what he does. He's a not many options for a Treman.
0: So what's his name? Lou. His name is Lou. Just Lou. So as a professional voice performer,
2: uh-huh.
0: this isn't usually part of the game. In fact, it'd probably be annoying if it were.
1: You want me to just get... I'm already sort of getting into that uh, you, character can, there. Yeah, you know? can you construct already, yeah. a... You know, like, hey, okay, halflings, here we go again. I don't know what to tell you. You know, uh, it's been a rough morning, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm molting. I mean, it's just the, it's the, the season, you know, it's becoming autumn time and I'm just, uh, I'm getting all dying and naked and it's, <laughs> uh, just a bad, bad time. It, it takes me forever to get here. You know, I got sap all over me it's, it's the syrup season and just as everybody's just, it's just, It's exhausting. So let's just try to not lose as horribly this time around. Yay, team.
0: And scene. Oh, that was great.
1: I don't know if that's your vernacular. I don't know whether I should be using more faux Middle Earth no, language.
0: That was fantastic.
1: Okay, like thou shalt not pass, or, <laughs> you know. I really
0: wonder what it would be like to do that during an entire tournament.
1: I would probably annoy the crap out of like everyone.
0: Every what if I did that every time I activated every single turn, every time I activated a player.
1: And you did this whole big monologue? I, yeah, I had
0: maybe well, not I that long. Well, I think the
1: game would probably last 4 hours.
0: They would have to be very short brief brief snippets of uh
1: It would depend on who you're playing because if the other guy got into it as you are getting into it. Yeah. It could go all night. It could just never. It could be like this long form improv.
0: I mean, if if I manage to It'd be like scatting, start weaving a really compelling story where, like, well, I gotta, I gotta hear what happens next. I gotta, I gotta but know I mean, what's going on dealing, in this guy's now, head. But
1: then that's the question: or are, are you, when you're dealing with these characters in real life, are you, you're not getting into personality or anything like that because the personality it's really just about statistical statistics and dice, right?
0: Yeah, they they tend to. I mean, they <clears throat> they you know, g- guys have different skills, and so they have different roles on the team, um, and so you can kind of play up their personality to match. But
1: then, so the way it, they'll
0: be used in the game.
1: But then, so it wonders if that's not going to become some sort of subgenre. That could become a subgenre where it becomes more of a role playing game. If, like you had two players fall in love, or you had. You know, if you're having players interact on a on a character basis, then you're going to have that's going to change the course of if they're not just if they're not just competing for for sport.
0: No, I I like this. This I think you I think you're hitting on the next evolution
1: of But the, it would of but of it would happen it would have to be for a very specific group of people who who want to have that level of Improvisation and role playing. The kind of people compared. who would be in the Blood Bowl cosplay.
0: So, you know, we talked about how to dress at, at, at the tournament. Some people dress as players. Mm-hmm. I was gonna dress as a coach. Maybe I should yeah. dress as the mascot of my team.
1: That's that's I should that be
0: in the big head mascot costume. Probably
1: scare the crap uh, out of your opposing team.
0: Well at Chaos Cup, the, um, the 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 team I'm gonna take is the Alfheimer Aeronauts. Okay. And their uh, their logo is a hot air balloon. Okay, but they don't have like very a mascot person. Well, it would be very
1: hard to dress as a hot air balloon. Um, now so, here's the thing: most mascots don't speak.
0: No, yeah, it's, that's like against the rules. They just shake You're their heads to,
1: yeah. or nod their heads or do a big shrug. I don't know. Uh huh. Uh uh. Uh-uh. Uh-huh. Those are sort of the three, the three big emotions. So. <laughs> Or, Which you know,
0: I, occasionally fighting the other team's mascot. That's right. allowed too. But right? I'm,
1: I'm guessing, I don't know how that would affect gameplay. Yeah, it's true. A play.
0: That would be limiting. Uh, you got a point there.
1: No, but if you had a pal that you brought along dressed as the mascot on the sidelines, not necessarily being the mascot for the the character team, but being the mascot for the physical team in the room. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. I gotcha.
1: You could just jump around on the sidelines. Do people watch these these tournaments? Mm,
0: mm, I mean, if you finish a game early, you might watch someone else finish their game. So but you could no start a wave. People aren't there strictly as, as you spectators. Could,
1: you could start a wave going with the people who it's, are...
0: It's not that fascinating a game that you would want to just watch it most of the time. Although... Uh, there's people who but
1: maybe do. that's because there aren't mascots entertaining on maybe the side. Maybe that's
0: it. Maybe that's it. Well, you said you're I'm between gigs.
1: Fix your, I'm not trying to fix your your sport here um, uh, cuz I don't think it needs fixing. It's it's been around quite some time. It doesn't need my help, but uh, Well,
0: if if you're between gig stuff, then I think you might have you might have just created an, a new need for the marketplace.
1: You y- a need
0: you might, have, you might have just opened up a new... A need.
1: You, you, the, the, the words are very powerful, uh, uh, Siggy. Um, people need. didn't
0: know they needed someone in a mascot costume, a costume dancing around at their Blood Bowl tournaments until you just informed them here on the Siggy Llama show that know need that. You know that, 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 you know that. that
1: a, a synonym for need is require. I, I don't necessarily know that people require...
0: Require to have as much fun as possible to to get the maximum enjoyment out of their blood Bowl experience.
1: Oh I think you've I think okay. you've
0: opened a lot of eyes.
1: Wow, and I didn't know anything about this before we started talking. You to think out of the mouths of babes
0: the whole new the whole future of blood Bowl has been laid out here. By... I think it might be a
1: very annoying future. I think a, a, a um, little halfling like me really shouldn't be taken too seriously
0: it's debatable how annoying it
1: is now so i think uh, although i guess it's something that people could it's like fan fiction is there blood bowl fan fiction oh hell yes well then what have i done that's then i've not innovated anything it was clearly
0: already baked in but nobody's dancing around in an animal costume
1: no, but as far as the improvisation of the characters go that's very tied into fan fiction but while
0: you're playing the game this is the new this is the new uh this is the new wrinkle mm. acting out acting it out like larping your blood bowl game
1: sure well that's i'm kind of shocked that there aren't any i mean yeah that seems like it would sort of but then again yeah I think it the game would last a long time if you did that
0: we'll figure it out that's just that's just logistics. We'll figure this out, okay, well, speaking of lasting a long time, Steph, thank you for sticking around for this
1: uh had to see it through
0: this uh, interview is too too entertaining to stop.
1: I'm glad you think so. I'm glad yeah, I hope your view I hope your listeners feel the same
0: and uh, now that you've been converted, go study that rule book, and uh, next time I'm in town, we'll play a friendly. My, uh, I'll bring the Aeronauts against uh, the, the what the hells and mm-hmm. and we'll uh, bo- we'll have time to work on our costumes too
1: you're gonna have to remind me <laughs> what I did I'm gonna have to listen to the podcast to remember who my team is and what I came up with
0: well of course you'll want to so
1: okay thanks Doc. alright that's all for and Noob School now that was not my fault
2: Class dismissed.
0: There here's a bit Why do Kemry teams have sing alongs when it rains? Hmm. Why do Camry teams have sing-alongs when it rains? I know! Because they follow the bouncing ball! (laughs) So what has been happening in my recent Blood Bowl life, you may ask? It's a good question, for this is a Blood Bowl podcast. Uh, Let's see, Blockham Pub League. It's not a pub league, we don't play in a pub. The Blockham League in Ann Arbor, here. Um, My local league, some would call it a home league. Season 10, but my Alfheimer Aeronauts, you may remember, uh, uh, had a a bad season 9, didn't win a single game, lots of ties. Uh, Season 10 went on a win streak at the end of the season, a five-game win streak, which included the title game against Matt Vanderby's. that's Delavis to you. His goblin team, the Rank and Fowl, not both down approved. Alfheimers, the Alfheimer Aeronauts prevailed to capture the title for season 10. Very exciting. And uh, some measure of uh, vengeance for their long, and vindication. Vindication is really the right word, for their long struggle to, to reach that pinnacle. Season 11. Game 1 rematch against those very same goblins and lost what was that score of that game I actually have my uh, thing right here lost two to one it was one of those games where um, uh, I was like winning every turn of the game except for the ones where they uh, the goblins attempted to throw uh, the trolls attempted to throw the goblin those all. Those turns all went the Goblins' way. It was a hard-fought match. It was a good game. And then went undefeated the rest of the season until the Season 11 title game against the Innsmouth Eagles. That is both unapproved, I suspect. Uh, a slam team. And this was a really great game. Um, uh, really hard fought. Really well coached on both sides, I thought. Um, but turned on a pivotal sequence uh, in the second half where I had moved the ball up the sideline which is always a little dangerous against Slan because uh, Coach Brad well likes loves to leap in there and, and, and surf you uh, regardless of the odds, so you got to be careful of that little sideline cage against the Slan, but I had a sidestepper with the ball and had a big cloud around him but not packed in, so I'd Big cloud around, lots of space uh, to sidestep into. I was playing it pretty smart, I thought. Um, But he played a card. And uh, let me set this up. So this is all using the very popular uh, league rule that we use, the something extra fund, uh, which really they should have used for the new box set if they knew about it. They'd done their research and found this rule. This is so successful, uh, so, so popular in my league. I I highly recommend it to anyone. I'm going to read it to you right out of my own uh, League Rules document. Something Extra. I think I've read this before, but it bears repeating. I'm really proud of this. The annals of Blood Bowl are filled with tales of teams resorting to all manner of trickery off the pitch in order to gain an extra edge on it. It has become standard practice for teams to set aside a dedicated budget in order to fund these extracurricular activities and will dip into these funds whenever they think the upcoming match requires a little something extra. Some teams tap the fund regularly, as they can't resist the temptation to cheat a little in every game, while other teams save up their special plays and dirtiest tricks for that big rivalry or championship game. At the beginning of each season or tournament, each team receives a dedicated something extra fund, equal to 50,000 gold pieces per match in the season or tournament. I guess I could clarify that in my little document. During the inducement phase of the pre-match sequence, a coach may spend any available amount of their something extra fund. And then I I wrote it that part of the sequence specifically so that you could use the something extra to top off uh, inducement money to the next like 50K threshold, but with some restrictions which are listed here. Uh, these funds can only be spent on special play cards, but can be spent on any number or denomination of cards. This is back when the cards had denominations, because some are much more powerful than others, and so they had different prices. And that was all determined through lots of play testing. Kind of silly to throw that work away. I continue. Um, something extra funds can be combined with inducements or petty cash to purchase larger denomination cards. Any gold left in the something extra fund. Oh, and I should say, and any, but you can only use that. So, uh, so if you combine it with inducement money, that inducement money has to be spent on the card. Is that all clear? I think it was probably clear. Um, any gold left in the something extra fund at the end of the season or postseason tournament is lost permanently. Yes, something extra funds can be used in the playoffs, though not in the Dungeon Bowl. The Dungeon Bowl is sort of our consolation tournament. Uh, for those who didn't get into the main playoff bracket. And it really kind of ends up being a a pre-tournament for the next season because people who are going to discontinue their teams will start their new teams in the Dungeon Bowl to get a a little tiny star player point boost. That's an idea I stole from the uh, both down guys. So folks in the league love this rule because it gets the cards into the game it gives you some strategic flexibility about how you want to use those funds. It's not a lot; 50k per game isn't a lot. You, we you know, we play short seasons, so you can never get a 400k card using just this method. Now compare that to the rules in the new Death Zone rulebook, where you get every game you'll get a certain number of cards, uh, random randomized cards, but the ceiling for that random number, is based on the TV of the overdog of the stronger team. Which is kind of a cool idea. Um, it suggests that the more experienced the teams are, the more the more resources they'll have to cheat. Um, it also means if there's a large disparity in team values between the two teams. Can you hear Yoko in the background? Yoko once had something to say about Blood Bowl. There's no cat teams in Blood Bowl, Yoko. No feline, felonids, whatever they call that. Um, sorry, discrimination. But it is kind of cool to to base the um, the amount of randomness that's introduced in the game by the cards on the team value of the stronger team, which means if you're facing a big disparity between the strength of two teams, kind of helps out the, the underdog just by... The more, as Littlefinger is wont to say, chaos is a ladder. So the more chaos there is in the match, the more opportunities a weaker team has to overcome a stronger team. That's kind of cool. I like that. I like that wrinkle. Um, But the coaches in my league seem to really like having the flexibility of the strategic decision-making of how to apply their something extra fun throughout the season uh and you know and it people really try to apply it to their personalities um like matt's goblin team used 50k every single game um elf teams tend to save them up for the for the big rivalries um so and if you think you're really good you just save it up for the playoffs just kind of is that a dick move i don't know you tell me but it was fun because it meant that both the Innsmouth Eagles and the Alzheimer Aeronauts in this title game had saved up their big kitty because they both expected to make the playoffs. Um, and really, I, I, I think that works out because it sort of gives the, the teams less likely to make the playoffs a leg up because they're using their something extra funds to get into the tournament which gives them, if you, can't, if you can't win, if you can't get into the tournament. So it gives the lower teams, the worst teams, a better chance to get into the tournament because the best teams are saving their funds for the playoffs. Once you get into the playoffs, obviously the favorites are still the favorites. And then when they play each other, they tend to be really fun games because they have like 200, 250Ks of cards to spend, which was the case in this game. So I was there I was along the sideline in my loosely packed cloud cage, Blodge sidestepper with the ball, and I'm kind of stalling. I had stolen the ball on defense in, in the first half, but Snake-Eyed, sorry, bobbled the ball on the pickup that would have uh, launched it downfield and gone up one nothing, going into halftime and then receiving the kick for the second half. So I I'd, I'd defensed my defense well in the first half, just couldn't convert it into a score, and then here I was receiving, and I was trying to stall a little bit. just to, I wanted to score in like four or five turns. I wonder if I could handle it, but you know I wasn't going to push my luck too much. Uh, he wasn't removing any players, so we had, uh, we had even players. So I could keep lots of protection around the ball, and uh, things were looking all right for me. But then he plays this card, and I forget the name, but it's the one where uh, the fans get souvenir balls, and they pelt start pelting anyone in the opposing team. I had fame plus two in this game too. Didn't help me one whit. Don't you hate that? Um, Are pelting uh, my players with the souvenir footballs. And so anytime any player of mine that is in within two squares of the sideline, they have to dodge just to leave their square. So every single Square up, I have to dodge. And in the meantime, he has packed in his Croxagore and uh, and his Blitzers, like in a wall uh, on that third square. So he's, on his turn, he like crunched in my cloud a little bit, and that's fine. I was prepared to push back or dodge away um, and move up. And then he had like kind of two rows of guys up ahead of me, and I was all set to block through them and blitz through the second layer and and advance, but then he plays this card, and now even just to move up and and engage the first level guys to block them, I couldn't block those first guys away yet. I explained that poorly. So he's got two guys, two a, a space back from my cloud, and he's got the blitzers and the crocs are go right up against me. So I, I was set up to um, to and I had numbers in this Local this Locality of the board So I was set to um, Move up into his tackle zones On those guys in front of me So on the turn after that I could block him away And blitz through and score And I, I felt Pretty confident I could deal with those blitzers And, and of scores, I wasn't that worried about it But then he plays this card And so now to even move up and engage It's a dodge into a tackle zone uh, And in, in most cases I think it was into two tackle zones and so now I was in a real pickle. I couldn't make room to advance without risking eliminating tackle zones and, and giving access to the ball. I was in a real pickle. So I took the cautious way out. But what it meant was he was able to leap guys in and fill up I think there was just like one space he actually had to fill up. He was able to block and he was able to fill up all those spaces so that he could jump in and surf the 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 uh, the sidestep out of bounds. It was a brilliant. It was a it was a it was a perfect use of that card. And it's it's the reason the card should be in the game. It's like that moment when you're reading the fluff about the game and these incidents. Like these are the incidents that happen, right? So I was, you know that that. The Aeronauts were the huge favorite going into the game. They were just like built like a race engine elf pro elf team. And I had the TV advantage. Um uh but the slam team was able to use the card to sow enough chaos uh, and take control away from me and then exploit that situation perfectly and surf my ball carry out of bounds. And then of course the crowd. Remember, I had fan plus two, but the crowd, uh, uh, an Eagles fan got that ball, launched it, of course, clear towards his own zone, right where his catcher was just kind of hanging out. Um, And uh, then he played the greased shoes card, which meant now I had to do five plus go for it to reach that catcher, which I could. I could reach him. I had three three guys who uh, could get to that guy, but... Now they had to do five plus go for it. And uh, I think I'll leave the rest to your imagination. Don't think I need to go into it. It was a great game. It was a lot of fun. It's one of those games where you're not at all sad that you lost because it was a game that was exactly how a game of Blood Bowl should be. Exactly how a title game in a Blood Bowl League should be. It was perfect. So lost one, nothing. No regrets. That was fun. And uh, now we're trying to figure out season twelve. For season for season twelve, we're cutting over to the new dead zone rules. Completely, it's a good timing because it just so happened that we were all starting over with fresh teams. We had a cap of three seasons. It started out as just something everyone did. Uh, we, it was observed that after three seasons. Uh, anyone who had a team that long started over with the new team. So we said, let's just make it a house rule that you start over after three seasons, and that just keeps new teams from having to deal with runaway monsters of teams and uh, makes it a little friendlier for, for new coaches to, to come into the league or to start over with a new team. And now, if we're cutting over to the new rule set, I don't think we need that three-season cap anymore because the retiring and redrafting rules take care of that. That's what they're designed to do, really, is to keep those runaway monster teams from becoming runaway monster teams. Stops it from even happening. I guess it all depends on how long your season is. There are suggested season lengths in the rules, but if you had a 50-game season, then those Redraft and retiring rules don't really do much to cap your team because part of your treasury for redrafting your team is based on how many games you played the previous season. I'm not sure I understand the rationalization for that formula. Why it's the games you played in the previous season, not the games you're playing in the upcoming season. There's no explanation for why that choice was made, and I'm curious about that. Um, But I like the idea. I like the concept of of redrafting your team, having to be more active in team management year to year. It's kind of like Blood Bowl has entered the free agency era. Any of you who are following the NFL in the 90s can remember all the hand-wringing over that. Well, I I think we're having similar hand-wringing now over, over this redrafting rule. So if you're not familiar with the rule, briefly, this isn't the podcast to come to if you want the rules explained to you, by the way, and probably every other podcast has gone over this. So very briefly, each season, any player who's been on your team, at least two seasons, for any part of two seasons, and I think that's important to note because the rules state this very ambiguously, but it's, if you dig deep into it, and there's a very tedious thread on this on, uh, on Talk Fantasy Football... Dot org <clears throat> any player that's been on your team for any part of at least two seasons, you do a role, the more to see if they want to retire. The longer they've been on your team, the more likely they want to retire. And all that means is that they become more expensive to retain. <clears throat> and now you have uh, a treasury or you have a fund based on several factors and the fund is to redraft your team. Factors are how much treasury you had left over in your bank. Um, which now that you, now that the overdog in TV can use money on inducements, and now that you have a risk through the expensive mistakes of losing treasury, the more treasury you have, you have uh, more active treasury management choices to make. I think that's cool. We've been playing with the bank rule, which was uh, suggested, it was part of the um, the CRP plus rule set, or any treasury you have over 100k adds to your team value, uh, and that's to keep the high armor teams from just amassing enormous treasuries. We used that rule, and it meant that people just were dumping treasury left and right. And you, because you, because of the petty cash rule, the Overdog didn't want to buy inducements because that increased the inducements for the the underdog, uh, people would just dump their treasury into bounties, and the bounties would usually not get collected, just because it's hard to collect a bounty sometimes. So, Overdog has a lot more interesting choices in that you can just if you have money to burn, because you don't want to lose it to expensive mistakes, you just go ahead and buy some extra inducements just to, to help you out with your next game. But, you have the choice to make to maybe hold on to those treasury in the hope that it will help you redraft your team for next season. So you got some choices to make. I think that's cool. Choices is good. And now, um, so you have your treasury, you have your uh, a number of games played times a certain amount, and it's number of games played in the previous season, not number of games you played. You're playing in the upcoming season. There's no explanation for the rationalization behind this rule, so I don't understand it. I don't know why I don't know why you get more money the more games you've played. If it was like a fraction of your team value, is that a proxy for team value? Is it a proxy for the amount of injury risk your players were exposed to? In which case, upcoming games. I don't I don't understand that part. Maybe it's just to reward players who are active in or coaches who are active in open leagues, open scheduling leagues. I don't know. I don't understand that thought process. Um, and then bonuses for touchdowns scored and casualties scored. Is that to be fluffy? Again, is that to... Is that a proxy for team value? I Again, explanations would be nice. So again, I have issues with the 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 fiddly bits of the rules, but I love the spirit of it. I think it's really cool. And I did a test drive of these rules. Uh, I didn't finish. So you use that money in your fund to buy players based on their team value, their player value, plus uh, a retirement premium if they want to retire. So I did a test drive of these rules with uh, a couple of three-season teams, the Dayup Frozen Flames, as well as the Alfheimer Aeronauts, who just completed their run in the Blockham League two teams that uh, coincidentally won the championship in season two and then uh, failed at their playoff run to defend that championship and uh, it was pretty interesting the results were fun Um, had really bad retirement role luck with both especially with the aeronauts uh, where seven out of 13 players uh, wanted to retire I guess I had good luck with the frozen flames because none of the big guys wanted to retire. Although uh, my very best player on the team, Phoenix Sundown, the dark elf uh, with with dodge, wrestle, tackle, horns, and fan favorite because he was the uh, beneficiary of the Spike Magazine Trophies special uh, special award that we do in our league. Great player, difference maker on defense. He wanted to retire. And he became he became uh, uh, like 230K value. Pretty hefty price. And so what I like about the rule is that it forces you to make some interesting choices. Now, any run-of-the-mill player who wants to retire, even if he has a couple skills, you're going to let him go. But uh, anyone who's a real difference maker... I'm inclined to keep them even if he wants to retire because they're difference makers. And maybe you can rebuild those guys more easily with the new MVP rule because you can aim your MVPs a lot better. But those that still is gonna take time. Difference makers make a difference every game. That's why they're called difference makers. So a guy with Dodge wrestle, tackle horns and agility four, like that's someone you have to account for. If you're playing against the frozen flames, you have to account for him every turn you have the ball. And many turns when you don't have the ball. He can he can get people out of his way. He can get he's a tackle zone remover is what he is. Now on the frozen flames, the really interesting choice was when I had two Marauder ball carriers. I had one main ball carrier, Rox Marquette. He was a block dodge. Sure hands. But he was out of action for a playoff game. He had an MNG. So uh, my block strength four marauder, Mackie Knack, he had just skilled up. So it's a playoff game. I want the sure hands. There was a strip ball uh, elf, high elf on the other team I was playing against. So I'm like, well, I got to have the sure hands. I'm giving giving Mackie Knack the sure hands because I want to I get to that championship game. So I ended up with two sure-hands Marauders on, on the team. Not terrible. Not, uh, not the most efficient. probably only need one, especially if you have an agility for dark golf to pick up the ball and in a pinch. But having two, one on each side of the field to receive the kickoff isn't bad, so got two sure-hands Marauders. The strength four guy, Mackie Knack, wants to retire now. The blodge, sure hands, Rox Marquette does not. So he's cheaper, he's quite a bit cheaper. Which one do I keep? Can't afford to keep both. If I wanna keep the big guys, if I wanna keep Phoenix, and I'm gonna keep Phoenix. Then which one do I keep? The strength boosted Guy is the more special player. They're both good players. Nothing wrong with having a blood surehand marauder on your on your team. But that strength four block surehands is a little more special and he has a better chance of picking up the dodge later on down the line. But now he's at a he's played three seasons, so he's at a 60k premium. Which one do you think I went with, gentle listeners? I'll tell you. I went with the strength-boosted Marauder. 60K, so he's more already more TV because of the, the 50K strength boost. And now another 60K on top of that. But the 60K is not applied to his player value during the next season. It doesn't inflate your team value. It's merely an opportunity cost. So that's... Only redrafting funds I don't have to spend on someone else. Otherwise, it's a wash. So it only represents opportunity cost, which made it much easier for me once I realized that. So I take him. I went from two team rerolls to one team reroll. I've got a leader on the team. I can buy another team reroll later on in the season. I can't buy another strength boost. All about opportunity cost. So it was a tough decision, but it was it was fun to have to kind of work through that and to shape my roster from season to season. So hats off to hats off to the game designers for for coming up with that one. I I'd like to see it play out um, season to season. Of course, uh, things were a little skewed because um, we were. Operating with a treasury under the bank rule, so we were our our treasuries collapsed towards one hundred thousand, and we were doing random MVPs that whole way. So so star player points were probably distributed in a different way than they would be uh, under the new rule set. But either way, you get a sense that under Death Zone the the game, a Blood Bowl league, really becomes more about the stars, really more about emerging personalities. Um, A smaller number of players make a bigger difference in the league, and then you have more scrubs and and rookies kind of filling out your roster. And I kind of say, I don't have a problem with that. I think it really will contribute to the fluff of my league if... A smaller number of players really kind of become celebrities, in a way more than they are now. Does that make sense? Like the right now, only like the, the the top top superstars really anyone kind of pays any attention to who they are in a fluff sense. But now every team will have like three guys who will be the focal focal point of that team, and I think I think that will. Make the whole league more fluffy. That's the way I look at it. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. A lot of hustle and bustle in this basement this morning. A lot of hustle and bustle in the league. So what else is happening in the Blackcomb League? We're thinking about expanding the league. Well, we're talking about it. We're talking about it. You know, there's a lot of talk about getting outside your bubble. And we're like, is this league our bubble? And we play in just one friend's house and we never meet anybody new through the game, we have size constraints, so we're talking about getting outside of our comfort zone a little bit, I think we all need to get outside of our comfort zone, I certainly got too comfortable over the last eight years, gotta stop acting like I'm doing something useful just by rooting for the right team, it's time to get on the right team folks, things are getting real, things are getting real out there. And I've decided I need to be real. So I've been doing a lot of... uh, I've been trying to get more into activism lately. Try to take the things I believe in and make them happen in the world somehow. So getting connected with other people is uh, really important for making that happen. Got a local Indivisible group. That's really cool. That's exciting. If you haven't read the Indivisible guide... You can, uh, you can Google for that. It's a pretty good read. See, I'm trying to get smarter about stuff. I'm trying to read stuff that makes me feel a little dumb. And uh, spend time with people who make me feel a little dumb. Because that feeling is the feeling of getting smarter. And we need to get smart. It's good to be smart. Um, if you don't mind, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my recent media diet. I am really into, for other podcasts, I listen to the 1A, um, particularly the uh, Friday News Roundup. I used to listen to the Diane Rehm show, but she retired. I loved Diane Reem. If I should die before I finish my question, please answer according to the manner of which you think. Guy would have completed it. Um, she was actually really smart and a great interviewer, but she's gone, um, alive, but not on the air. But uh, her successor, uh, Joshua Johnson, with the one A, um, which is a hard thing to Google. It's the number one in the letter A. But she, he still does the Friday news roundup. Which, if you just like, if you get exhausted following the news and um, emotionally, I can't handle it. Some weeks. Um, I just kind of wait until Friday and check out the uh, 90-minute Friday News Roundup, um, which, you know, does a pretty good job of covering uh, the big stories. But if you want to go deeper um, and still just once a week, there's the Slate Political Gab Fest, which is my new favorite podcast. It's uh, three really smart people who seem like they have – known each other and been friends for a long time and talking about politics for a long time. and uh, it's very cordial, um, very knowledgeable and uh, and they go they go a little deeper. Uh, so it's also about 45 minutes a week. It's not too bad. It's pretty good pretty easy to fit into your weekly media diet and uh, and if if you want to stay informed on you know politics like I do. Anyway, that's enough of all that. Um, You know, Milo Yiannopoulos, that guy, that little, that little, I won't, I won't use any terms, but he says something, he says a lot of things I don't agree with. He says one thing I do agree with, though, and it's really the core of his argument. Um, I think it's the only reason he really has any popularity is... um, It's his critique that liberals or progressives, I think he says liberals, uh, are incapable of engaging in debate with points of view with which they disagree and therefore just try to silence uh, other points of view. And I say to him, well, that's something we shouldn't be guilty of. And I'm afraid sometimes we are. So what I'm saying is, Make yourself ready for that debate. That's a debate you should want to be in, my fellow liberals, my fellow progressives, because why would you think you would lose that debate? But you got to know what the heck you're talking about and think about why you believe what you believe. So do a little thinking and reading on that just so you're prepared to have that conversation. Believe in the power of changing someone's mind. Even if it's not the person you're debating with. Even if it's the person who's observing the debate. Be smart. Feel a little dumb in order to get smarter. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, um, hey, I've started a new podcast. It's called You Watched It Wrong. If you've enjoyed the conversations I've had on this program uh, or on the Way Homer program, which I think we rebroadcast on here. I'll have to look at that. I should pull that out of the vault if I haven't. That'd be a, a nice, easy episode to do. Although I thought this was going to be an easy episode to do. I'm just like, I'll use that uh, interview with Steph I recorded. And uh, then I don't have to record any other stuff. And then, listen, I've ended up recording all this other stuff and doing all this editing work. <sighs> Pride and craftsmanship. What can I say? Um, Wade, you'll remember from the uh, from Noob School Number 1, and you'll remember from uh, the discussion of the casino brawl incident. Um, that was from Way Homer number two. If you if were lucky enough to hear that. Uh, we started a podcast together called You Watched It Wrong. Um, it's up now. Go check it out. We have two episodes up. The first one is uh we discuss Rogue One. Second episode, we discuss La La Land. Basically, we pick a different movie and we discuss it ad nauseum for two maybe more hours um and uh, and so it's the kind of thing where if you haven't seen the movie you're gonna you're gonna get some you're gonna get some spoilers because it's all we're all we're gonna talk about so you might want to pick and choose your episodes based on how much you want to know about any given movie and uh, you know we'll see how regularly we do it but it's been a lot of fun I've really enjoyed um I think you I think you're gonna enjoy that podcast, so please check it out. And uh, what's more there to say? Uh, contact us. We have a Facebook page, The Siggy Lama Show on Facebook. Um, look on there. Uh, email me at siggylama at gmail.com. Go ahead and send me your BuzzFeed quiz results, and uh, I'll uh, match you to a race, a blood bowl race. And uh, I'm on Twitter at siggylama. But uh, that's mostly politics. So I enjoy reading other people's Blood Bowl posts. I just don't post much about Blood Bowl on there. Be forewarned. Caveat emptor. And that is all for this episode. Goodbye. This has been the Siggy Llama Show. We have enjoyed your presence. Not that you've ever sent us any. But thanks for coming. We forgot to mention, Stephanie DeBruzzo participating in Below the Frame. Puppeteers explain how puppeteering works. You get to see what happens on a television show, such as Sesame Street, Below the Frame. See how that works? Check out Stephanie's musical number she produced for Below the Frame, available on Facebooks everywhere. You know, I once played against a Sesame Street themed human team in a tournament. Jingle Bowl 2, I believe it was. It was sculpted to look like uh, Grover, Oscar the Grouch, Bert and Ernie. Couldn't really tell the positions apart. The ogre might have been a Stephalopagus or a Big Bird or something. It was not intuitive. And don't forget to join us over at You Watched It Wrong, the new podcast from Sigmund Lamar and Wade Carney. Subscribe to it in your subscription feeds.
2: Strange hobby. Curious. Uncommon, too. Oh, I imagine so. A hobby's supposed to... Pass the time, not fill it. Come on, show time's over. We've got work to do.